Hello and welcome Hi. to the. Oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you can do that shit on the next episode. <laughs> okay. <coughs> Hello and welcome. Huh? Mm. <laughs> I'm going to cut your mic. <laughs> Test. Test. Okay. He's just reenacting the uh, debate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh. Hello and welcome to another episode of Sophia's <laughs> Choice, a Golden Girls podcast. You just barreled through that. Exactly, yeah. I am Alan and joined by, as you've already heard, Brent Hi. and Ski. Yo, yo. Today we're going to be talking about uh, Season 2, Episode 16, and then there was one. Mm-hmm. be our normal format today. Ski doing our recap with uh, MVPs and uh, our rating out of 8 slices of cheesecake to close it out. So with that, I'll go ahead and turn it over to Ski for the recap. Right down to business. Can I can I point something out? Yeah, absolutely. Please do. Okay. So at the time that we're recording this, our president is currently hospitalized. Mm-hmm. By the time you listen to it, who knows what will happen. Yeah. So if we say something bad about him, you know, we're not speaking ill of the dead yet. Right. <laughs> Very much alive. So you're saying you haven't taken the Biden approach of removing your negative ass? Exactly. I'm saying we're currently speaking ill of the ill, oh, and that is socially acceptable. Oh, fair enough. Um, it is uh, tit for tat there. Yeah, sure. He, he has done the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I know we, we, you know, I think anybody who's listened long enough uh, should definitely know that we are uh, left leaning. It's funny because I think all three of us would generally consider ourselves to probably be center left. Mm-hmm. Um, I could be wrong, but um, Ski has become more left over time, I think. I, I'm very fiscally conservative <laughs> yeah, in so a lot of things. It's funny because you're really not. If, if you, the policies <laughs> you'd like to see would not at all fit with being fiscally conservative. Medicare for all would not fit with being fiscally conservative. So I guess what my argument would be is uh, within allocations, like like I think if you fund it correctly, mm-hmm. it can still be on the conservative side while still being uh, liberal in in welfare type things. See, I think that. Um, you know my my cousin Dave. He is. Is he a listener? Yeah, he is. Okay. He's he's one of our uh, one of our you know most loyal listeners, I believe. Um, although unfortunately, I haven't got to talk to him that much, you know, during the pandemic. But talk to uh, him through the podcast. Yeah. Hey Dave, how you doing? <laughs> well, well, Dave, you know he he is someone who before and after Trump has always been hard right. Um, okay. And uh, and his family, I think that he would probably punch Ski in the face if he heard him say that. His that he considers himself to be fiscally conservative, but bring all the punches. But that he could be, he would consider himself conservative, but still have a, you know, a socialized medicine plan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but that said, you know, Dave, Dave is far more. His entire family discussed politics when they were children and all mm-hmm. that. Like politics isn't something I got into until much later in life. Mm-hmm. But um, so I would never try to really debate him, or especially or his his dad, because. Even though I feel very strongly about my beliefs and I feel like I have more knowledge than I ever did in the past, mm-hmm. I still don't think I have nearly enough knowledge to hold my own in a fight or, a, you know, a, <laughs> a debate with um, someone who is as well-versed in politics as he is. I, I get that. Like, I currently know more about Euchre than I have at any point in my life. Right. Yet I still would not play you in a game of Euchre. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm actually mediocre at best. <laughs> but uh, anyways... So all that aside, yes, uh, if anything um, harsh happens to come out in this episode, then yes, as Brent has pointed out, at this point, uh, we, we still expect the president to make the full recovery. Um, 
Boom. Mostly because he's rich and white. Yes, <laughs> so, <laughs> exactly. But uh, I will go ahead. Very and, valid reasons. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's the way it goes. But thank God for Obamacare. <laughs> 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 so before we lose any more listeners, I will go ahead and uh, <laughs> turn it over to Ski for uh, for there's, the recap. There's such a thing as making the right kind of enemies. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but the thing is, I think in. I think six months from now, okay, depending on how things go, okay, I don't think we'll look at things the same anymore. I, I really mm-hmm. think, you know, who knows? I, and I know that there are people like, I know there are people who are very, feel very strongly both mm-hmm. directions, right? Mm-hmm. And um, but I really think that once we get past this divisive time, mm-hmm. I, I'll just say, I mean, there's no other way to say it. I think if Trump gets voted out and mm-hmm. we go back to kind of the normal of just you have policies I don't like, and mm-hmm. you have policies I don't like, you know, whatever. Like the normal yeah, differences. Yeah, we don't have to necessarily hate each other. Exactly. We can simply disagree. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that we'll eventually get back to that in society. Whether Trump wins or not, you know, whether it's four months from now or four years from now, mm-hmm. I really do believe that as society, those really heated feelings that mm-hmm. are present yeah. right now will start to die away. Yeah. And we'll, you know, uh, get back to where we can all just feel differently about certain policies without feeling like that defines the person's character or whatever. Yeah. So. Well, when that happens, we'll, we'll loop back around. I'll explain my <laughs> my views on fiscal conservancy. Yeah. Con- I, conservancy? I Is that the right way to say it? <laughs> I mean, I don't... Conservatism? I think you can say that you have a conservative view and just mean that it's in no way related to conservative politics because there is nothing about your view that would be I'm not saying that I disagree like I you know I'm a fan of um, health care for all I, I think that is something we should strive towards for sure but I don't think there's any way to fund that that would be in any way considered conservative. Well, that depends on your definition. Conservative as in Republican. Oh, I'm not talking about Republican conservatism. Well, but I was specifically talking about that. uh, (laughs) So I don't, I don't prescribe to either of those. I'm just saying that hard party lines. I'm just saying that you can't. If we're talking about politics, if you're talking about politics and you say you're conservative, you mean that you that your views would fall in line with generally the Republican views on things, and if you say you're liberal, that they would generally fall in line with the Democrat side of things. You can say that if you want. But you can't say, I'm conservative. I don't believe anything that people who call themselves conservatives, but I'm conservative in this way, and none of your fiscal policies would be conservative in the political sense. I, I Go ahead. Can, can go I? Please. Okay. At the risk of, I mean, I think I know you somewhat well or whatever. Okay. But my feeling on this subject is that, like, your political identity is just a lot like your sexual one. It's fluid. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks a lot, yeah. <laughs> no, I think what it is, I, I, I do think you're on to something. I definitely think you're on to something. I think that what it is, is much like his sexual identity, he, deep down, he really feels one way. Mm-hmm. Uh, exactly. On the surface, he promotes another thing because exactly. he's so scared. Exactly. That, you know, but if he were to let his light shine, then mm-hmm. you know, he might see how beautiful it truly is. Exactly. In the ballot box in the bedroom, that's where his truth is. <laughs> yeah, then the back door ballot box, yeah. Exactly. Going to the polling station. <laughs> he wants to be a poll watcher. <laughs> exactly. 
Boy, we're really taking this in a bad direction. I may have to cut the whole first no. 15 minutes of this. <laughs> it's going to end up being my favorite part. <laughs> You'll never listen to it anyway, so I'll just tell you that I left it in, and you won't have any idea. But, yeah. but that said, all I'm saying is that I don't think you can, if you're referring to politics, I don't think you can say you are conservative financially if your general beliefs would be higher taxes on the rich and corporations and higher spending on public, um, you know, health, welfare, whatever you want to call it, like um, those kind of things. Those are very liberal views. So if you're just saying that you think you're conservative because you feel like the bills, the the country spending should be covered by taxes um, and we shouldn't run a deficit, I mean, that that is a classically conservative view. That's um, definitely it, one of the things I believe. Yeah. But it's not a... Um, thing. Right, it, it's not conservative by today's standards. Fair you, enough. Fair. So when I say conservative, though, I'm generally speaking of the fact that I think, first of all, yeah, we should balance the budget, we should keep to it. But uh, more than that, I think that we should be very cautious on what we spend our money on. Okay. Like, even though I promote liberal programs, uh, I think that even those need to be highly vetted to the point where we're not just throwing money away. Like, I think... The government in general wastes millions and millions of dollars oh, sure. that are just never really accounted for. Or, like, I, I think you probably know as well as anybody that they they probably have a lot of special interest groups that, you know, you know nepotism kind of plays in the in the uh, where like if you have an uncle or something that does contracting, mm-hmm. he might get the contract versus someone that would charge half that. You know. No, oh, sure. Yeah, I mean that kind things, of stuff. Happens, things like that. But. Those are what I consider conservative. Yeah, but I don't know. I just think it's hard because, I mean, you're definitely, like, at this point, a Bernie bro. And I think <laughs> to be a Bernie bro and to put conservative in is a little bit. Because, see, I think I could definitely qualify more as being having some conservative views, although socially I'm very liberal. Um, but financially I'm, or, you know, fiscally, whatever, I would say I'm more conservative. Um, more conservative than you, I should say, but not uh, as conservative. You want to fight? No. <laughs> I mean, we could, and I would probably lose at this point, but my best hope is that you're not a dirty fighter, and I would certainly be willing to go that direction if necessary. (laughs) But anyways, uh, it's all right. So now here we are about 15 whatever minutes into the podcast, a bunch of stuff that will probably make people uncomfortable. Um, But anyways, uh, so I will go ahead. uh, We'll go ahead and turn it over to you again for that recap. So we'll cut it off here then, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll just try to, you know, I'll pound on the table and that'll be the little <laughs> note that I look forward All to. All right, season two, episode 16. <laughs> and then there was one. <laughs> Original air date was January 31st, 1987. Written by uh, Russell Marcus and directed by our friend Terry Hughes. Russell Marcus, I don't feel like that's a name we've heard so far. Oh, I don't believe we have. I yeah. didn't recognize it either. So. I, I did not bother to look back and see if there was one in season one, though. So. Oh, okay. Well, like I said, just I think you've announced the writer on every episode, mm-hmm. or Brent has on the ones he's recapped, and I'm pretty sure that Russell Marcus, this is... Uh, it's not one I recognized. Yeah, yet. at least as far as being the accredited writer, I'm, you know, perhaps he had written... You know, I know in writers, it's not ever one writer that yeah. does it, but you know, there's one head writer that gets the credit for it, yeah. so... All right, well, we open in the kitchen. Uh, we see Sophia is kick, uh, cooking, uh, and she sits down at the table to have breakfast, which happens to be linguine with clam sauce. Mm-hmm. Her and her clams. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lady uh, loves a clam. <laughs> <laughs> we, 
one by one, all the uh, girls enter the kitchen and ask what she's eating. Mm-hmm. All of them seem to be surprised and confused that she's having pasta for breakfast. Right. Uh, she explains, though, that she is carbo-loading. Yeah, for a, a, a walk-a-thon or whatever that's happening like later in the week. Um. <laughs> pretty pretty soon, apparently, yeah. Yeah, but it's out that day. I don't no, think no, that yeah. carbo-loading works if you're doing it three or four days in advance. Um, I guess if you're building up a store of it. Uh, yeah, like maybe. Like a camel. I don't know. If, if carbo Mike, camel. If Michael Scott taught me anything, all you need is a bag full of fettuccine Alfredo to get through whatever. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Uh, you know, endurance and eating activity you have. Good, good to know. Mm-hmm. That's a, if, that's good information for our listeners, also. Yeah, yeah, definitely. If you're getting ready to run a marathon, just saddle up with a couple bags of linguine. And, Does it uh, have to be uh, cooked or just eat it raw? I mean, it probably can't be hot, um, but it probably better because otherwise it's crunchy, and I don't yeah. know if you yeah. want that. So, well, I mean, it delivers the the carbs either way, doesn't it? Well, yeah, you should get the carbs either way, but you don't want like cut the inside of your mouth up with the <laughs> shards of <laughs> broken. Well, not unless that gives you an additional adrenaline rush. Yeah, it could be. Uh, maybe gives you a, if you're kind of feeling tired and you need something <laughs> to like poking you in the face to. But anyways, the pain drives me forward. Right. He, um, real quick. Yes. So Russ, he did three episodes of the Golden Girls. Okay. Um, and then he went on to do about five episodes of Full House, an episode of Parker Lewis Can't Lose. Oh, very nice. Which I was oh. a fan of. Um, do you guys remember a show called Fudge? No. No, me uh, either. 1995. He did five episodes of that. Um, eight episodes of Married with Children. Um, of Malcolm Married and Eddie, which is the poor man's homeboys in outer space, hmm. as far as I'm concerned. And then a lot of animated shows. Most recently, Corn and Peg. Oh, I love that show. Okay. And I've um, never heard it. But, but. <laughs> uh, he created it, and they've done 42 episodes. Oh, well, that's impressive. It looks to be like a uh, My Little Pony spinoff. But about thing. corn and pegs? Uh, yeah, a unicorn <laughs> and a pegasus. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Oh, very nice. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, now I feel a little dumb that I should have put those together um, yeah. when you said pony, but. Well, so corn? Corn and peg. Unicorn, like unicorn. and pegasus. Oh, pegasus. unicorn. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I caught the pegasus part. Oh, okay. I did not hear the unicorn. <laughs> so, I was still like picturing a coral de cob with a pegasus. <laughs> I was like, that doesn't make any kind of sense. Yeah. But You know, the most unlikely of friends can sometimes <laughs> become the best. So. I mean, in today's uh, cartoon market, though, it really wouldn't matter. Yeah. It could very well be a coral That should cob. be the next, uh, <laughs> the next thing you create is a cartoon about a... A sentient ear of corn. <laughs> and I think I'm just going to corn and peg, though, like like a, a corn mm-hmm. and then some kind of like dowel or something yeah. like yeah, I peg. Agree. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or peg, peg Bundy. Like you could have it be a crossover yes. with a woman named Peg. It wouldn't necessarily have to be Peg Bundy, but it could be inspired by. It would by. have her appearance, maybe. Yeah, I mean, if Katie Seagal's willing to sign on, that would, that would definitely be, give you yeah. the boost you need. She's oh. fantastic. See, I went the different direction. Oh, yeah? I assumed um, like corn and peg. It was a peg leg talking to a corn. Oh, okay. <laughs> Off the person's foot. Ah. Exactly. So one, one side is a peg leg. Exactly. So is it like a pirate creative show? director. Exactly. So. exactly. Mm-hmm. It's a pirate with director. corns. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if our society is ready for that, though, Brent. That's a little controversial. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, we shy away from controversy here. Sure do. <laughs> So anyway, so we're in the kitchen. Yeah, as you mentioned, she is uh, signed up for a charity walkathon. Uh, Dorothy then voices her concern, as it uh, is usually intended for people who do a lot of walking. 
Uh, but Sophia argues that she's been walking since 1904. Right. <laughs> and that she'll be uh, entered in a category for elderly adults, 80 mm-hmm. plus. Uh, Rose likes the idea, and Blanche even suggests that uh, maybe they all should sign up. Uh, but Rose then starts to explain that they already are signed up. I don't understand what the difference in category. I mean, I, granted, you'd probably be, like, say, in the corral. I, you know, I've never done any you know, type of competitive running or anything. Yeah. Uh, but I do know that they have like different corrals for different. A lot groups. of amateur running, though. Yeah, a lot of. Am- <laughs> I, I've done only a moderate amount of amateur running, um, and at least and as an adult, uh, far less. But um, but I have not done any uh, organized running okay. <laughs> in my that I at least any time recently. Yeah. Um, but other than the fact that maybe you grouped with older people, mm-hmm. so you wouldn't yeah. get run over. Yeah. Still, 10 miles is 10 miles. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it really matters that much. If you know, mm-hmm. it's not like they make 10 miles less miles for old people, yeah. Um, but I don't know, maybe they just keep the lights on a little bit later in case they're taking mm-hmm. too long to get my, my guess. What it is, if they're 80 plus, they might put them toward the back, oh, okay? So, like, they would be less likely to slow faster, younger runners up, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that'd be the only thing, but it's still, I don't think it would. It would help you from getting potentially hurt in that first, you know, half mile while everybody's separating from yeah. each other. Yeah. But after that, it wouldn't help you from, like, passing out or right. <laughs> you know, having a heart attack from exhaustion or whatever. Well, at least there will be fewer people to be slowed up after that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Get out of the way, Grandma! So, really, it's not a service to the old people. It's a service <laughs> to the people who are yeah. less likely to drop. <laughs> that would be my guess, honestly. So. I would hope that the, maybe a, a worker associated with the charity or <laughs> maybe even a... Uh, Audience member would be willing to help Fair the elderly enough. gentleman or lady. Yeah, to uh, the gurney makes sense. <laughs> generally, what they do is they have a set time that you have to finish by, mm-hmm. um, and so it's one of those things that, like, if it's you know, you said it's ten miles, right? I believe that's what she says. Yeah. Okay, so I mean, I'm sure it's let's say it's five hours or right. whatever you have to finish in five hours. Okay, so if it's like an eight o'clock start time, you have to be finished by one o'clock. Okay. What they generally do is um, after, you know, everybody's crossed the start line, okay, then they have, um, like, normally it starts off with, like, a golf cart or maybe, like, a small van or whatever that then proceeds, okay, and it goes at whatever pace it would take to cross the finish line whenever that stop time is at 1 o'clock. And so if that vehicle gets to the point where it passes you, then you have to get in the vehicle. Oh, okay. Because anything past that is no longer eligible to continue on. So you think they have one that, you know, specifically for the for the old folks and infirm that are walking in the... Not necessarily for them. I'm sure there's some fatties who are also slow. <laughs> I said infirm. <laughs> so uh, I myself am one of those fatties. Yeah, I um, mean... But yeah, um, so that's one of those things. They just, you know, put you in there or whatever, so... Mm-hmm. So, yeah, as long as you can outrun that thing, you know, which, again, is going as slow as possible or whatever. Okay. And it also lets them so they can open up the streets a little bit quicker. See, I wish they just had one of those, uh, oh, you know, like the things they have on the front of trains, cattle. Uh, yeah, yeah. I wish they just had that where they just shove you off scoop. the road onto the side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's got a, a term for it, but I can't think of it offhand. Yeah, I know. I think it's like cattle pusher or something. Yeah, it's, it's something like yeah. that. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about trains more in the next episode. Excellent, <laughs> yes. Uh, so uh, Rose, as I said, likes the idea. Blanche suggests they sign up, and then they are. Uh, Dorothy you know, says to, to Rose that she doesn't want to walk 10 miles on the 
the weekend after already going through a long week. Right. But Rose continues uh, saying that uh, they will be walking, but in fact sitting, babysitting. Uh, she tells the girls that uh, she had volunteered them all to watch the children of the adults that will participate in this event. Uh, Blanche does not like this idea right off the bat, saying that uh, she doesn't like other kids or other people's kids in her house and that she didn't really like her own in the house when they were growing up. Yeah. Yeah, I'll tell you right now. Now, I like kids generally, you know, like as a general, but I definitely am, you know, like I could never be a teacher because mm-hmm. in the long term, like after a day or whatever, kids that aren't my own mm-hmm. generally get on my nerves. Yeah. Um, but for that one day, it'd be fine usually. Yeah. But if I was choosing between walking 10 miles <laughs> or watching, and it looks like when they get to that point, maybe a dozen kids. Yeah. Quite a few, um, yeah. Yeah, and of a wide range of ages, mm-hmm. I think I would take the walking 10 miles even <laughs> after a long week. But yeah. Uh, so, yeah, and then Rose further explains that, you know, it won't be a big time commitment for all of them. Uh, and that uh, the kids should be picked up by 4 p.m. Uh, once the girls are all kind of on board with this idea, uh, she explains that she, uh, or Rose explains that she loves charities and that she wants help to establish uh, the Henry Fjord Foundation. Right. Uh, Blanche jokingly tells Dorothy it was the man who built the Fjord Falcon. Yeah, <laughs> I enjoyed that line. It wasn't my favorite of the episode. Yeah. But I'd, I'd never heard of that car before. Ford oh, Falcon? Yeah. Or, or the Fjord Fjallkin. Yeah, I've never heard of that. So, <laughs> so do you wish that she would have called it something else like the Fjord Fjordus? I'd have gone with a Fjord Fjordlane. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, I guess she probably could have. If they wanted to make it a, a brand that was more universally known, although maybe in 87 the Ford Falcon was a really mm-hmm. commonly known yeah. Uh, vehicle. Um, yeah, I feel like they could have still just put that silentish J sound yeah. in like with a fjord miustang or something like that yeah. you know yeah. but did they have the fjord fiesta I, back then? I don't think that was around in 87 i think, I that's think a, it was i think it was an older version of it though oh okay like the one they've got now is is like a revamped they've got it's it's basically they killed off the model for a long time and they came oh, back okay. i see not your father's fiesta <laughs> right yeah your f- fiathers? Is that <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Messed oh, up that one. Sorry to interrupt again. It's a cow catcher. That's cow the thing. Catch- cow yeah. cow yeah. catcher's the thing. Yeah, I think yeah. I got stuck on the word cattle. But yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, so Did I say cow catcher? You might have said. Or I think I said ca- cow pusher. Yeah, something. cow pusher. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, something like that. Um, yeah. You guys ever eaten at the cow palace? No, I don't even know. Do you not know what that is? Uh, it's out in Shelbyville. So um, it's good. Okay, good to know. <laughs> Are we going to get any endorsement dollars off of that? Nah, they went out of business. Oh, well, then you need to really step up your game. I think they're back under new owners or something oh, like okay. that, but it's said abandoned for like 10 years, I think, <laughs> so they probably they probably replaced the fried grease and it's not as good. Well, they're probably, <laughs> but they probably really need the Sophia's Choice bump right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> it was the Cow Palace? Yeah, Compton's Cow Palace. Ah. Compton's? Yeah, yeah. Because um, of the family, not because you oh. know they were blood scripts. It wasn't the city oh, where man, they come was... from. <laughs> Correct. Correct. They weren't straight out of there. Right. They were straight out of Shelbyville. <laughs> so, um, Pretty much the same thing. <laughs> yeah. No, it was just um, it was a good you know burger place, you know, um, hand dipped ice cream, all that sort of good Very stuff. Nice. So. Very nice. So yeah. Rose, Rose tells the, the, uh, the tale. Of Mr. Fjord and how his uh, 
charitable works helped remove pond scum from the uh, from Lake St. Olaf. Right. But it's the thing, like, he didn't even successfully remove it. He just made a dent. <laughs> like, it was still there. Yeah, it was just an ongoing process. Yeah. Um, but exercise in futility. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Gold it's flag. a naturally occurring... <laughs> Naturally occurring things. I don't think Saint Ed is really, uh, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, she didn't necessary. call him a saint. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah, anyways, so a yeah. saint and Saint Olaf. But uh, she does go on to criticize his son, uh, who was apparently too high and mighty for mm-hmm. such work. I think she even used the term, the, the phrase, "the scum was beneath him" or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that was kind of funny. And then, and then I think uh, Sophia makes some sort of a quip about. Getting out of the, getting away from her for a day is a good enough yes. reason to go on the run. Yeah, following the story, Sophia does tell the girls that the biggest positive about joining the walkathon is that she won't be ro- around Rose, who she calls this ditz, yeah, for a whole day. <laughs> uh, so we uh, we change scenes. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, the day of the event arrives, and Rose is uh, currently bringing in uh, homemade Mr. Potato Head toys into the living room, uh, which are actually made with real potatoes. <laughs> she kind of uh, we're like. Various foods kind of uh, Frankenstein together there. Yeah. Uh, Go ahead. So, did you have any more on that? Oh, I was just going to keep talking about it. Oh, yeah, keep talking. I don't want to. Not about the potato heads. Oh, you've got more. Let me interject here. Please do. So, yeah, yeah. It was a a baked potato with raisin eyes, cucumber mouth, Mm -hmm. uh, carrot nose, and possibly broccoli hair. Right. Okay. And then Dorothy makes the comment about throwing on a gold chain and calling it Sammy Potato Jr., yeah. which was just the most <laughs> random joke you could think of. Yeah. It was one of those things. It's like you could have called it. There was nothing that was, you know, that about there was nothing about the potato as is that would make you think of Sammy Davis Jr. Or you know, like she, oh, Sammy Davis and his raisin eyes. <laughs> exactly. She could have said she could just as easily said throw a toupee on there and call it Sammy Stanley Jr. or yeah. whatever. You know, Stanley Potato Jr. or Stanley Potato or whatever. Right. Yeah. The only thing I, I mean, yeah, I totally agree. It was totally random. Um and in no way <laughs> did, would it would you compare anything on that potato to the singer? Yeah. Um, yeah. But I the only thing I could figure is that maybe it's like you need a first name that's really recognizable, uh-huh. and Sammy, obviously, you know, yeah, not, too many a, not of them. A, yeah, exactly, not yeah. a lot of. And then you have need something at the end too. Even though it's a pretty recognizable first name, there are probably a few other Sammys that are of some note. Oh well, yeah, like, um, uh, yeah, it's like you know, put a gun in his hand and be Sammy the Potato Gravani, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so I guess you had to have those three, you know, a a pretty uncommon first name and then an identifier after that so that lowers down your number of potential you know but maybe if you had like robert potato jr you might think it was you know robert downey jr i don't know but even that robert's too common so Mm -hmm. yeah so i guess that's uh probably why they had to go with that completely random (laughs) pull on the potato joke Mm -hmm. i don't know (laughs) it just seems like still doesn't sit well with you yeah there's something about it i just can't can't wrap my potato around (laughs) well potatoes are quite rigid so i can understand why you can't wrap it exactly i didn't bother to look up a bunch of pictures of uh mr sammy davis jr afterwards was he known for wearing gold chains 
He did wear gold chains. Mm-hmm. Um, he was known for that. Um, he wasn't known for having raisin eyes, <laughs> but he was known for having one glass eye. <laughs> I, did, I did know that, yes. Well, maybe one of those raisins was quite shiny, and that's why. <laughs> yeah. Um, guy in my hometown had a glass eye, um, standard, you know, BB gun accident. Mm. Um, shot his eye out. Yeah. Um, so he had the glass eye. And he would, like, take it out and play with it or whatever. Um, and he did that one time at the city pool. Ah. And he lost his eyeball in the bottom of the pool. Very nice. And if you're trying to find, like, a tiny glass clear marble on the bottom <laughs> of a pool, <laughs> you know, especially if they're in the deep end, it's a pain in the ass. So they had to bring in the, the scuba guys from the SWAT team to swim. Wow, to look swim for an eye? <laughs> wow. Exactly. Yeah, tells you how much of a podunk town Franklin was back then. <laughs> yeah. the SWAT team, we got to miss an eyeball. Exactly. I think nowadays. It should be like, well, <laughs> sorry, buddy. You're going to yeah. have to go see your optometrist. <laughs> and whoever found it later, hey, you got a little prize for the day. Yeah, exactly. Um, but so, yeah, that was an odd joke all the way around, though. Mm-hmm. Well, meanwhile, while uh, Rose is explaining the, uh, <clears throat> the potato to uh, Dorothy, Blanche is frantically trying to move all the uh, breakable items to places out of the harm's way. Uh, Dorothy says Blanche is overreacting. And that uh, she spent the past two days putting everything they own up on high shelves. <laughs> Sophia enters the living room now and is uh, dressed for the race, mm-hmm. wearing mm-hmm. a bright pink sweatsuit and headband mm-hmm. with uh, gray shorts over her uh, pants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That and way, in case she shits her pants, then I guess I won't show through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Second layer. Mm-hmm. I feel like that is a relatively like common a third layer. Well, a third, well, yeah. <laughs> Probably not going commando. <laughs> <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Additional layer, yeah, right? <laughs> a little something extra to hold in that clam juice, right? <laughs> <laughs> I would say it's fairly common for uh, runners to be layered up, you know. But I would still think, in general, you would go shorts <laughs> and then the sweatpants on the outside, um, because you would. I don't know. That was a pretty common '80s uh, look. I yeah, think. yeah, it was a very '80s, uh, you know, look yeah, like something that you'd see in one general. of those videos, like a workout video at that time. Yeah, but I know she was bringing her purse with her, mm-hmm. which had her uh, runner racer number attached to the front. Mm-hmm. I thought that was cute. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as far as like, I mean, you layer up because as the race progresses, you're going to get hotter. Right. And you want to like lose some layers so that you don't overheat. Okay. But you would think like in the Miami sun, yeah. that many layers, you step out the front door, you're like, I'm ready to lose a layer. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, you know, when you're older, maybe all you need to lose is those shorts, and then you're, you know, back down to your yeah. ideal body temperature. She was like, I didn't take my house key because I didn't want it weighing me down. Right. <laughs> she got on 37 layers of garb. Well, man, it's a really heavy house key. Yeah. yeah I don't think I've ever seen her pull out her keys. Maybe it's one of those big yeah, like a novelty rings. Key. Yeah. I was thinking like gas station with a wooden pole hooked onto yeah. it. Because <laughs> they don't want her to lose it. Exactly. So. One of those ones that looks like she she's running a prison. It's mm. kind of <laughs> Exactly. A big skeleton key. Right. But uh, so uh, Dorothy stops her and asks once again if she's really sure about doing this. And uh, she admits that she's not even sure she has her pants on right. Uh her daughter implores her to, you know, please go slow and pace herself. Uh, Sophia responds that, you know, she used to give her father or Dorothy's father the same advice, and then continues saying the only thing he did faster than eat was make love, and that uh, in both cases when he was done, which was always before Sophia, he'd pat his uh, belly and say, "I've had enough." Yeah, <laughs> Sal's a man after my own heart. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think that was maybe my favorite line of the episode. We'll have to see if there's anything else that stands out to me that I jotted down, but I, I did like that one. Although, I, I also like Dorothy's face of kind of like, it wasn't a total disgust, but it was a face like, like she didn't really want to know that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and her father was an insensitive lover. <laughs> right, or just anything probably yeah. about their love life in general. Um, I don't yeah. know, do you want to know how your dad handled himself after <laughs> you know after the coitus <laughs> completed <laughs> well at least his side of it well, well i guess when that's that's the end of it then yeah um he's I mean, done you know session over yeah yeah well yeah that was a different time fellas <laughs> so. i just want to leave an uncomfortable silence oh no that's fine <laughs> So uh, and then she leaves. Blanche is still running around uh, uh, when the doorbell finally then rings, and it's their first child, uh, Norman, who he looks maybe between eight and ten. Yeah, you say? roughly. Yeah. They don't speci- uh, specify. Yeah. A little bit of commentary. Norman is a bad kid. Yeah. Yes. That's that's my you know, opinion. That's, that's your hot take. <laughs> yeah. Stubborn, rude, and uh, really doesn't like anything. I think his dad even gave him a list of his likes and dislikes. And there were no likes, right? Yeah, it seems like that was a pointless thing to give. Yeah. Um, just to be like, yeah, he, he's a... Might as well be he's like, he's picky. kind of a shit. So, yeah. you know, that's just the way he's going to be. Um, I wish they would have like went down his list of dislikes. Yeah. You know, he's like, doesn't like royal potatoes or <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Italians or whatever. Yeah, the elderly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> School teachers. Clam <laughs> juice. <laughs> <laughs> And then after sluts say yet, <laughs> yes, yeah, dot dot dot, right. Um. And uh, apparently his his father didn't really seem to be such a great parent either. Essentially claiming that uh, today he's their problem uh, before quickly leaving. Actually, yeah, my guess is that when uh, little Norman got out of college, Dad wasn't there much to help him out with his uh, you know developmental years as an adult either. Think think that. Yeah, I definitely think not because, you know, Ray Combs was the one who played that father role and he committed suicide at age 40, so. uh, I did not realize that. Yeah. Yeah. I knew it was Ray Combs, but I didn't know he killed himself. Yeah. Uh, Ironically. uh, What was was his game show again? uh, He was on Family Feud. Yeah. Yeah, for, for, for a good amount of time. But the thing I thought was odd when I was reading that, because I, I knew that, that he had killed himself. Um, so I was just looking into it a little bit further (laughs) and I guess that, he was under watch in a psychiatric facility when he hung himself. So it must be a really shitty watch that he was under. Yeah. If um, I don't know if you can be in a psychiatric Not real facility, tentative, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. But. So, so he killed himself after hosting the Family Feud. Yeah, yeah. And no, then, before. And, <laughs> and, then, and then Louis Anderson tried to kill himself before he hosted the Family Feud, or was he after as well? Uh, I don't know. Probably before. Um, would be my guess, yeah. but I don't know that for positive. I hadn't heard that either. Yeah, Family Feud's a widow maker. <laughs> Man. Well, maybe he maybe he had gotten the job on Family Feud or knew he was Someone about check to. on Steve Harvey. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just saying that maybe he was like, I really want to get into character. You know, maybe mm-hmm. he's a method, you mm-hmm. know, actor and, yeah. and method game show host yeah. as well. So. <laughs> he knew so. how his predecessor had done it, so he thought he wanted to, you know, give it a try. Right, exactly, but. But yeah, it was the, um, let's see, from 88 to 93 is when Ray Combs hosted Family Feud. And I believe it was in 96, I think is what I read, is when he um, committed suicide. Yeah. So, but. Well, Rest in peace, Ray. Yeah. 
nonetheless, even though Norman was a bit of a, a dick of a kid, mm-hmm. the girls do try to find uh, something for fun for him to do. Uh, he does tell them that he likes army men, mm-hmm. and Blanche jumps in and explains that a, a colonel was there recently, but had to return to the base. Uh, Dorothy then you know, tries to clarify that he means the little men that wear helmets. Blanche responds to that though that you know she only dates officers. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was good. Still not, yeah, you know, still not getting that she meant toys. Right, <laughs> toy army men for our audience. Mm-hmm. I thought she was going to clarify that the base was a euphemism for her hiney. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't necessarily appreciate that you talking down to our audience. <laughs> well, for, for people who don't know, you know, the army men are the ones that were green in Toy Story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you're mansplaining to me and Brent right now. <laughs> exactly. But, I don't know. I guess. Well, it's... so let me ask you this. Do your, your kids ever have army men? We have a giant bucket of army men in oh. their toy room right now, yeah. Okay, well, never mind. So. Which is your favorite? My favorite army one, yeah, um, probably the one on his like doing the belly crawl. Yeah, um, I like that. I like the one with the metal detector. Oh yeah, <laughs> the most yeah. important. Look, well, I mean, he's looking for landmines, so oh we'll yeah, lose change. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a little problem A, a little problem B. Exactly. So, I, I would imagine it'd be it's like it's a it was a really good day. I found seventy five cents and didn't blow up. So. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, that's the thing, though. Like, that's the difference between the optimist and the pessimist. You're going along with your metal detector, and it beeps. The optimist is like, ooh, quarter. The pessimist is like, landmine. Well, I think that if, if, you, if you take your metal detector out to the beach, and those are the two things that you're going between, then sure. But I think if your job is to look for landmines, and you're an optimist, you won't be having that job for very long. Let's see what we have. Yeah, my guess is that they have to look for a sad sack to take that job to begin with. Who's <laughs> always going to assume the worst? Um, but Beer, need, Beetle like, Bailey, you are out there doing that. Like, yeah. okay, it's probably another landmine. <laughs> <laughs> gonna find the claymore. <laughs> that was a pretty good impersonation of you there. I'm impressed. <laughs> If they ever decide to put Eeyore in a World War II drama, <laughs> I think they definitely need to cast you to... Again, creative director. All right. W-W-I-Or. Right, yeah. <laughs> I think that may be my favorite joke of the day. <laughs> I like that one. I, I, even over all the stuff in, in the episode. Why well, don't any joke involving a Roman numeral definitely <laughs> earns extra points in your book? Right, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Rose asks, you know, if he wants to play with the potato head because uh, they don't have any the green <laughs> army yeah. man as yeah. we've established. Uh, and then you know he tells her, sure. What do you feel like doing? It takes her a second, but she gets what he meant. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I, I didn't like the kid or the actor yeah. or anything about it, but I did like that line. <laughs> uh, we say, we change scene again. Uh, this time we fast forward to, uh, at this point, a large number of kids have arrived. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rose is sitting at a table uh, on the lanai with Norman and a few kids like his age. Luke. Yeah, roughly his age, yeah. Uh, they are all playing with uh, what looked like clay, would you say? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Norman gets up and hammer punches all the other kids' sculptures. Mm-hmm. Uh, after a short pause, Rose smashes his as well. Yeah, that 
I mean, aside from lines, <laughs> like if there was one sight gag or whatever, yeah. that was definitely my favorite of the episode. Yeah. So I wish she would have been like, missed one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, she, he does glare at her, and then uh, she simply says, that was fun. You want to try it again? <laughs> yeah. So, and then she gets up. Yeah. And I think, real quick, so I think the one girl with her back to the camera is the one from the Jurassic Park. Oh, okay. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. There's only a couple people, only a couple of those kids got credited. Um, yeah. Norman, of course, uh-huh. the one girl you're referring to, yeah. and then the baby. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's the one that you think. I think, because I mean, it's definitely nobody who was, fits her demographic spoke oh, okay. in the episode. And she was the only one I could see sitting around the table who yeah. seemed age appropriate. And demographic appropriate. I always wonder with things like that, when you see a credit, was it something that she was originally credited? And it might even say on the thing, because yeah. then a lot of times they do put uncredited. Yeah. Or if it's something where the actor did go on to do other things, and so then their representation or whoever yeah. does, you know, updates I think, IMDb. Put I think it in it's there. that one. Yeah. So. Yeah, if someone doesn't talk at all, it is unusual to see them actually get a credit for yeah. a series or, you know, for an episode. Yeah. But. Uh, <clears throat> Rosie, our address special is a little... I'm not even sure what he made, but like whatever sculpture. Right. Uh, she gets Bong. up and goes over to Dorothy, uh, who is uh, lightly rocking two strollers. Uh, Rose, uh, you know, then, you know, asks if the babies are sleeping, but Bo- Dorothy sarcastically claims that they're just faking it. Yeah. Uh, then they have a brief back and forth about how babies talk. Uh, Dorothy says, you know, I know babies don't talk. And Rose, you know, claims, oh, yes, they do, saying that uh, they can only be understood by other babies and advanced civilizations from far away. Yeah, I was uh, thinking that whoever it was that created um, Boss Baby completely ripped it off from um, this right from here. Golden Girls. Yeah, someone, whoever wrote that line, really needs to be getting compensated. Probably from Alec Baldwin himself, um, since he did <laughs> voice acting. But, uh, but you know, that's essentially the, the idea of the movie. They communicate with each other and have this corporation... Um, you know, that transports them down from far, far away where they communicate with them. I did not know that. Yeah. Now so. I don't have to even watch Boss Baby. Yeah, well, I mean, there's more to it than that, and it's a fine movie, but um, it, it's one of those movies, like, you know, you have, like, your Disney's and your Pixar's and uh-huh. your really high-end DreamWorks things, and then there's, like, a decent drop-off, but then there's still good quality movies after that, that but they're just not movies where you're, you know, I don't know, that, that rise up to that other level and... That would be where I would place Boss Baby at. <laughs> Worth watching, you know, especially if you like. Was it you know, good animation? And, yeah, yeah. Um, good voice acting and all that, but not worth like seeing in the theater or anything of that nature. So, gotcha. Unless gotcha. you have little kids or young enough kids that want to see it. Mm-hmm. I guess in Boss Baby 2, the Boss Baby played by Alec Baldwin, mm-hmm. um, they get a new baby. Um, like he gets a little sister, oh, whatever, okay. and they become the boss baby. And so he has to answer to a woman. Oh. And boss baby does not like that. Man, that <laughs> sounds a lot like uh, Look Who's Talking. Yeah. One or, and two. Or baby geniuses or any of them. Pick, so. Take a pick, right? Yeah. So. Baby slash anything movie. <laughs> so Was Jeff Goldblum in the first one? Or is he just coming back for the second one or? Or making his debut in the second one? I think he was making his debut in the second one. I'm okay. pretty sure that he was not one of the voices that I recall okay. from the first one. Unless he was the dad, um, so, who didn't speak much, which would seem why. It doesn't seem like yeah. it'd be worth having Jeff Goldblum if you weren't going to have him yeah. with a lot of lines. Looks like James Marsden was probably the dad. Oh, okay, that sounds right. Yeah. Um, but uh, Amy Sedaris, whom I like. Yeah, I love Amy that. Sedaris. Yeah. She'll be the new boss baby. Very so. nice. Alex She's Baldwin so cutters. great, though, with her uh, facial expressions. That's the only thing that's uh, mm-hmm. disappointing to not have that aspect. Hopefully they can do some, yeah. you know, 
similar things with the baby's face to yeah. the brilliance she has with that. Yeah. Like I like Amy Sedaris. Um, and I think it's one of those things that I think she, you know, she's an attractive lady and all that sort. Um, but I think that they just ugly her up for the comedic effect way yeah, too often. There's almost nobody that I can think of that does a better job of making themselves look, mm-hmm. I mean, almost hideous would be too strong a word, yeah. but you know, really unattractive with the facial expressions yeah. they make for comedic effect. But yeah. she does it brilliantly. So. Yeah. I always wish that her and Kristen Chenoweth would do something together where they played sisters. Yeah, there's definitely a similarity, and mm-hmm. I think they're both tiny people. So. Yeah, yeah, and they have, like, comparable voices, and it just seems like a missed opportunity. Now, comparable voices. I mean, Kristen Chenoweth is a pretty, you know, uh, successful Broadway. Do you mean just, the, like, the tone of their voice sounds similar? Yeah, just the, the talkie. Oh, okay. Because Kristen Chenoweth has that sort of high yeah. chipmunky-type voice. Now, I will say that I heard Amy Sedaris on a podcast not too long ago, and I was um, underwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Like she doesn't come off as funny as as other as that, what I was hoping that she would. Yeah, um, but, like just in regular conversation, you mean? Yeah, or? I mean it was fine. Like mm-hmm. it, I'm not saying that it, you know, that I felt like I had wasted an hour or whatever it was of my yeah. time. Yeah. But I also didn't come away a bigger. A lot of times when I listen to someone on a podcast, I become a bigger fan of theirs than yeah. I was prior. Mm-hmm. And with her, you know, it didn't do anything to yeah. bump her up. Now, have you heard David Sedaris on a podcast? Uh, David Sedaris. I think he did a Conan Needs a Friend one time. Yeah, it definitely seems familiar. Um, he was a director, right? Uh, he's a writer. Writer, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm, I've listened to all the Conan ones, so yeah. if he was on there, then yeah. Um, but since I don't know him, like, by his face, it probably is making it difficult for me to remember. Based on how you ask, are they related? Yeah, brother, sister. Oh, okay. okay. So he wrote um, Me Talk Pretty and different books, whatever. He's more of an essayist I oh, guess, okay. than a straight-up fiction writer or whatever. So, um, But he's really funny. But he was the one, he told the anecdote. He had something removed from his body or something, and he just kept it in a jar, hmm. whatever, and he would introduce people to it. Or, like, he was just kind of quirky. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I feel like maybe I need to come up with a gimmick. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I have that big Simpsons collection, so that can be my gimmick, but I can't yeah. really take that with me on the road. Yeah, yeah. So I need something maybe a little more portable um, mm-hmm. to be my quirk. That's why I'm packing a huge long. <laughs> That's my gimmick. Yeah. So what bag are you putting it in? <laughs> I carry it over the shoulder. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, where are we at on that? <laughs> So yeah, we uh, we uh, were talking about how the babies were faking it, but they can talk to uh, right, you know, faraway yeah, societies. Yeah, the boss baby rip off. Yeah, I'd like to apologize to our listeners. I promise I'd never lie to you. I <laughs> 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 made it halfway through season two before I did. <laughs> oh, I bet if I really combed through, I could find a couple. Uh, <laughs> Because so, basically at this point now you're saying that you 100% are, are on the side of the professor back in season one in your first <laughs> recap. <laughs> Just saying. I believe in our judicial system. So if, um, if you want to prove he's a pervert, nominate him for the Supreme Court. And then it'll all come out. <laughs> and then they'll vote for him anyways. <laughs> Uh, we, uh, we go back to uh, Norman. <laughs> Ski's just hurting cats. Just, just hurting cats. No, no. Well, there's a lull, you know. Yeah. I was trying to find my in. You know. There's no room for your in. Wah, wah, wah. Plenty of room for feces, though. 
What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Brent said there's no room for urine. Uh, oh, and ah, was, uh, plenty of term for feces. Yeah. <laughs> for for our audience, that's urine. Yeah. <laughs> urine joke. Yes, I'm comparing the two words together, your and in, of urine to the one word urine, now and what know. most people consider our podcast feces. <laughs> so. No, actually, most people just don't consider our podcast. <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> it's on the t- I can't remember the line oh. <laughs> from the show or what? Uh, the Golden Girls. Um, I I thought of it now, but we passed it. I missed my mark. My, oh. I missed my opportunity. Oh. You, then I guess you were talking about you know, feces and urine or whatever. And right. I I couldn't. The word was interuterine. Oh, okay. that's <laughs> that's what they mentioned in the song about you're cuter than an interuterine. <laughs> And I was trying to work that in, and I was blinking on it. So I think you did a fine job just now. Yeah, yeah. yeah you shoehorned it in this conversation. Yeah, <laughs> that was whoa. That was the uh, the Miami, <laughs> the Miami theme, right? They're yeah, trying right. to yeah. make a yeah. mm-hmm. little, little uh, jingle. Yeah, you're cuter than an inner uterine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so we go back to Norman though, who is now uh, tearing pages out of a book, an indiscriminate book. They didn't really ever talk about it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Lance, say what? <laughs> Mind comp. Oh, he wouldn't be tearing pages out of that one. He'd be <laughs> handling it lovingly. <laughs> well, did we establish that Sophia and Mussolini were on the same side? Uh, yeah, I think so at some point. <laughs> Not the right side of history, yeah. but you know. And then Blanche uh, jumps in though, and uh, kind of scolds the boy, saying he should get whipped with a hickory switch. Yeah. All of her punishments are tree-based. Yeah. <laughs> I've never said that. hanging from or getting beaten by. Exactly. Yeah. Dorothy, you know, being the teacher, steps in and uh, tries to logically reason with the demon child. Uh, Norman tells her that, you know, he can do it because his daddy's rich. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, showing no remorse for what he's doing. For five more years. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dorothy, you know, quickly gives up and says, he's all yours, Blanche. Uh, Rose then suggests that they all go play hide and seek. Uh, most of the kids all excitedly agree and run up and, and go off with her to the other room. Uh, meanwhile, Norman hangs behind, and uh, Blanche asks if he'll be joining them too. Uh, he simply looks up at her, kind of looks up and down at her, and uh, and he asks, "Isn't that outfit a little young for you?" <laughs> yeah, I, I mean. <laughs> Maybe I'm looking at it through the lens of 2020 eyes, but um, <laughs> that did not seem like an inappropriate outfit yeah. at all for Blanche's age. I mean, granted, we've gotten to know Certainly Blanche. not what she wears on a regular basis. No, I mean, yeah. it's not at all low cut. It's not revealing in any mm-hmm. way. I mean, it seems like a pretty conservative yeah. you know, outfit and, and seems like relatively weather appropriate even. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, which is an interesting change of pace. There was no real difference between her outfit and Dorothy's. Right, but Dorothy know? decided to take a swipe at her also. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he ultimately gets up and goes join the other kids. Mm-hmm. And Blanche says, yeah, that boy hates me. But Dorothy says, you know, no, he doesn't hate you. He but just he hates is right life. about the outfit. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Then Blanche opens up and tells her that uh, she's never been very good with children. And then uh, saying that she was never really a, a kid herself, said she was always mature for her age, even when she was very young. Mm-hmm. And then she says that uh, when relating to children, maybe it helps to have the mind of a child. Yeah. And at that very moment, uh, Rose comes back into the lanai with all the kids following her in a line, uh, banging on a garbage can lid with a, woman, a wooden spoon. She yeah, that game of hide and seek definitely took an odd long, turn. Yeah. yeah, 
I guess it was voted down when they got inside, maybe. All right. <laughs> uh, but uh, she uh, and she all woke the kids those liar waiting. babies up. That's for sure. Yeah, she <laughs> she she goes and uh, wakes up the baby as they do their little march with the uh, newspaper hats. Yeah. Then we fast forward again, and uh, now we see it's in the evening, and Dorothy is kind of cradling the baby. Uh, Emily, we find out is the name, uh, who is wrapped in a blanket and crying. Uh, side note: We never see the baby's face except very briefly near the end. Mm-hmm. So most of the time, it's probably just a pile of blankets or some sack of flour. I don't know. Yeah, loin of pork. Yeah, <laughs> very good. I don't yeah. know if they'd spend that much on a fake baby. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, they show the baby so infrequent, so little. I wonder why they bothered to do it at all. Yeah, I, well, I don't know. Maybe they just figure we'll put this one shot. I, I always wonder too, like. Did the baby belong to someone on the set? I mean, now that baby did go on to become, you know, a legitimate actress herself. Uh, let's see, what was her name? Um, was she in Home Alone too? She was not in Home Alone <laughs> too, as far not as a I legitimate know. Legitimate actor. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica Keenan Wynn is her name. Twenty-two. Oh, one of the wins. Uh, yeah, apparently. Was she on so. In Living Color? <laughs> not that I know of. Okay. Um, I believe uh, there were there were some. She would have definitely been too young for In Living Color, I think. Um, I so, In what? Living Color. <laughs> um, I think you asked how I'm living uh, from the theme song. Gotcha. But anyway, she was 22 titles, but her, I guess her main thing, or her most eight episodes of A Killer Party, A Murder Mystery Musical. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, that just sounds um, like fun. But, yeah. What station was that on? Uh, I mean, it was a, a program, so I am... But I don't know if it was. I'm guessing it was a streaming service type thing. But I have gotcha. no idea. It could have been a network program. Do they just do eight episodes only? Uh, no, there was a. It, they've had nine episodes, and there's a second season. Um, it oh. appears coming. So gotcha. I don't know that. So she may have another season of it coming out, yeah. as far as I know. But, or you know, maybe they haven't announced. I didn't look that far into uh, it. Obviously, gotcha. so. yeah. Well, good for her. Yeah. Well, uh, Rose hangs up the phone that she was on. <laughs> And uh, says that there's no answer at the parents, the baby's parents' house. Right. Plant uh, suggests that they call the walkathon again and try to attempt to uh, reach them, you know, through the organization. The baby keeps crying, and Rose suggests that Blanche hold her for a bit, uh, since neither of them has had any luck quieting her down. Right. Blanche protests, but uh, Dorothy hands her the baby anyway, uh, and the baby immediately uh, calms down. At this point, the doorbell rings, and the girls assume, you know, it's Emily's met, uh, parents. Uh, but it is, in fact, Sophia, who, as you mentioned, you know, did not bring her keys with her so they wouldn't uh, slow her down because those heavy keys, you know. Right, yeah. But uh, she thought uh, uh, bringing the full-size purse with her was good, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, that didn't hurt her at all. Maybe she had, maybe that's where she kept her uh, Red Bulls. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> <laughs> Sophia sits, and the girls ask her to talk about the day. Uh, she starts by talking about uh, the beginning of the race and starts recounting, you know, when the – uh, starter pistol goes off. She left half of her group in the dust. Yeah, yeah. And that eighty, since it was the eighty and over yeah. group, that the half of them, you know, dropped dead from <laughs> from. Fear. Well, she said dropped from fright. Dro- okay. I don't she, know she if they're dead, dead, dead but, uh, yeah, but apparently <laughs> just passed out or something like that. Yeah. Or yeah. dropped to the ground. Maybe, maybe it was. Uh, maybe they were in Compton or something. I don't know. I mean, if you have an eighty-year-old <laughs> drop into the ground, um, there's going to be some. <laughs> <laughs> broken limbs going on, you know, dis- at least some, some injuries. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, I hope that they, you know, gently lowered themselves to the ground and didn't <laughs> just drop. 
it could be that could be it too though. She her her uh, view of dropping could be different than ours. Yeah, yeah. So she recounts how uh, she stayed steady until she saw her opportunity, and then she pounced. Mm-hmm. I think she even said she was like a cougar. Yeah, or, something of that nature. I think no, she said panther. 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 I'd remember cougar, her saying yeah, she was yeah. a cougar. That would have been <laughs> two on the nose. But I didn't even have that term back then, did they? They well, they did have the gray panthers, which was like the elderly version of the black panthers. Oh, okay. No, no, I'm saying like cougar. Oh, they, yeah. That wasn't a common like, term for yeah, like I a think so. hot older chick. Yeah, you know? if they had that term, then they'd have called Blanche a cougar by now. Yeah, right, definitely. Yeah. Uh, she even adds that in the uh, the crowd was chanting her name, mm-hmm. Sophia, Sophia, and said that uh, she was... I'm not sure how the cloud, crowd knew her name. Yeah, yeah I, I wondered that myself. Yeah. But, well, uh, I mean, there's probably one person in the crowd that knew it, and then everyone just glommed on. Um, gotcha. Because the you know emotion of the moment just caught them all. Exactly. So. <laughs> Maybe they've got like a little, you know, uh, a, a digital uh, display at the top saying who's passing at the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those Miami charity walks. They exactly. Are Real high Distinguishable dollar. from Mario Kart. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, she said she was only a few hundred yards from the finish line and could see the uh, see the end when she hit the wall. Yep. Dorothy, uh, of course, assumes that she ran out of energy, but Sophia clarifies that, no, she actually bumped into a physical wall, a new Wendy's they had bought uh, built nearby, mm-hmm. which I'm thinking – was it sticking out into the middle of the track? Right, or like the road? how close to that Wendy's were they running? Um, was she was she going around that corner so fast that she just smacked into it? Yeah, probably while walking. Yeah, <laughs> maybe maybe she uh, lost her balance. It could be. Uh, but uh, she did get back up and uh, kind of gathered herself and made it across the finish line before collapsing. Apparently, and then she notices that there's a baby in the room and asks why, you know, it's still there. Blanche tells her that the parents have not come back yet. Uh, Sophia suggests that maybe they will never come back, mm-hmm. which is interesting. That's like her first go-to, yeah. wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, but Dorothy thinks that's crazy talk and suggests she just get to bed because she's probably really exhausted. She agrees and then uh, heads back to the room when the the phone rings. Sophia tells the girls that you know if it's Sports Illustrated, you know she's not going to be uh, making any comments till the morning. Right? Don't you think that like Sophia should probably you know, take a bath or a shower or yeah, something. I thought so. that would be real. Um, but I don't know. I guess if you're just that tired, like I'll just sleep my own filth. I don't care. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know if you perspire quite as much as you get older. So maybe it wouldn't yeah. be not in Miami as... at least. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Maybe the, uh, maybe the, uh, suit, suit was yeah. so wicking of all. <laughs> 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 she was basically dry under her Yeah. She might've been dehydrated just from it wicking so much of the moisture out of her body. So exactly. <laughs> exactly. She was so raisin like <laughs> that they almost put her as eyes for the misprotected head. <laughs> right. Exactly. Muffet wasn't the only thing dusty. <laughs> 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 you like that one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Rose answers that uh, you know was uh, oh sorry Rose answers the phone it is the uh, walkathon say what did it ring yeah okay I just said you know she was walking away <laughs> and she said if it, was, it wasn't included in the recap so I did not know it was, it was. I said Sophia you know the phone rings and Sophia tells the girls 
if it's Sports Illustrated, gotcha. she won't be okay. commenting until the mm. next morning. Gotcha. But then Rose answers the phone. We mm-hmm. just stopped talking. So yeah. you've forgotten I, I, that I, important yeah. detail. That's see? right. So, you got uh, the short-term memory <laughs> issues. But it, it's the walkathon, and they uh, report that uh, everyone has left the area, but there's no sign of Emily's parents in, uh, in the vicinity. So then Blanche comments to the girls that, they may actually have to consider that Sophie was right mm-hmm. and that the baby has been abandoned. Yeah. Which, again, is a bit of a jump to conclusions, I think. Yeah, it really is. I mean, I guess my first thought would be, because you figure whoever it was that dropped the kid off mm-hmm. found out about the service and all that through whatever this charity is. So it's mm-hmm. not like a completely fly-by-night, yeah. like, weird... You, you know, could like, at oh, least find their house right. I mean, and they, bring the baby to them. Yeah, I mean, there would have been something... You know, effort that would have gone in that you wouldn't expect from someone who would just abandon a baby. Mm-hmm. So my first thought would be like, oh, I, something terrible might have happened to the parent. Yeah. Not just like, oh, these people just flaked out and decided that, you know, they didn't well, want to take their kid to the fire department. <laughs> yeah. They can't be found. So, I mean, like that, that would be more along the lines of missing person. Yeah, than yeah exactly. Abandoning person unless, yeah. unless there's like, yeah, we've had a rash of kids getting left (laughs) (laughs) it's the thing to do in 87 guys yeah apparently that's that's the the hidden tragedy behind (laughs) walkathons all the abandoned children we're doing a -a walkathon for the abandoned children of walkathons next weekend if you no child care will be provided (laughs) 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 don't want to contribute to the problem right exactly wouldn't that be an inception type (laughs) issue yeah exactly so uh, we, we uh, changed scenes First again. First walkathon to get rid of no child left behind. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> All children left behind. Exactly. In their proper homes. Exactly. <laughs> uh, we see Dorothy now on the phone uh, talking to uh, the police at this point, uh, trying to determine what the next step to do about the baby is, right. which seems logical at this point. Yeah, that that, like, that, that one made sense to me. Uh, meanwhile, Blanche is again, you know, kind of walking around while holding the baby. Uh, Dorothy uh, is put on hold by the the police officers, and comments to Blanche that holding the baby all the time uh, too often will uh, prevent her from being able to sleep alone. Which it's been one one day, right? Yeah, yeah, I thought that too. Like, yeah, yeah you're gonna really ferber that baby up after, mm-hmm. you know, like in that day, like, oh, we'll get it completely weaned off of <laughs> human interaction. Who <laughs> so. wants that anyway, right? Yeah. Uh, did you have something to say? About? I was just going to say, like, it's odd that she has to, like, have this conversation with the police over the phone. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's one of those things that, like, Miami police will stop by your house to let you know that you almost married a bigamist. Uh, right. But, <laughs> but they get swing by just to check on an abandoned child. Right. And they're like, well, if you want to bring her in, I guess. Well, they yeah. have, with the rash of uh, abandoned children, uh, who has time? Right. That's yeah. true. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so buddy. it's another it's another case, guys. <laughs> right. Just do this one over the phone. Exactly. We're already working double shifts because of the Jerry Lewis telethon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, maybe they had extra stuff going on because of the uh, walkathon. You get the walkathon crowd. You, know, you get higher crime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, and you had a young, virile Jeffrey Epstein back then. So who oh, knows yeah. what's happening? All those babies. So that's that's dark. <laughs> <laughs> another another guy who killed himself. Mm-hmm. Supposedly. Supposedly, yeah, but but uh, she's put on hold, and you know, she talks to Blanche about not holding the baby too often. Uh, Blanche comments back that you know every time she picks her up, she calms down, and that you know you never really get used to sleeping alone. I haven't. Mm-hmm. That was a good line. That was a good line. Oh, that well, and I also like the follow up of Siamese twins sleep alone mm-hmm. more often than you do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so. 
Well, that yeah. was my next line. Okay. Um, yeah, so, sorry you, to step you got on it. that for you. But. you get so next after that, you know, <laughs> uh, Rose enters the room now. Dorothy talks to. Uh, uh, sorry about that. Oh, Dorothy talks for a few more minutes with the cops, and uh, ultimately hangs up. She tells the girls that uh, since the baby was left in their care, they have a choice to make. They can either wait for the uh, protective services to uh, contact them, which may take up to 48 hours, right. or they can bl- uh, bring the child into the police station. <laughs> so if they take it into the police station, do the police then raise it for 48 hours? Oh, you mean like, does it just sit there for the 48 hours with the cops? Yeah, until the protective services can show up there. I mean, it is odd, because you would think that child protective services, especially in this circumstance, would yeah. be a lot quicker response than 48 hours. Yeah. Um, but my assumption is that they would probably have some sort of a foster program through the police station, yeah. you know, to stick kids in temporarily. Not that they're just going to put them in a holding cell <laughs> until, <laughs> until CPS gets around to them. Yeah. It is, yeah I guess I don't understand like why they don't it's like take, I can understand it's like, well, it'll be 48 hours before we can get somebody to your house. But if you bring them here, mm-hmm. we can get somebody in within the hour right, or whatever, yeah. you know? You know, Walter, we're going to just well, put the stroller by your desk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. So Just leave Keep him on the island. curb and the bookmobile will pick him up. <laughs> Is it the nighttime bookmobile? I assume. Yeah, right. <laughs> well lit on the inside. Exactly. Better than Nitmobile. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they can bring it into the police station if uh, they don't want to hold on to it. Uh, Blanche immediately shoots <laughs> down the idea. <laughs> When did they start getting those drop boxes at the fire station? I mean, I think that's been within maybe the last 20 years, I feel yeah. like. I mean, I, I remember distinctly that becoming a thing. Yeah. So, I mean, it certainly would have been post-87. To drop like, off your kid, you mean, like if you don't want it? Yeah. yeah. Um, no questions asked. Yep. So, I mean, I, I'd be a father of seven I didn't realize, right now if it wasn't for that. I didn't realize there was a drop box. Mm-hmm. It's like the, I'm assuming it holds the kid and protects it mm-hmm. from yeah. like rain and stuff mm-hmm. yeah and, and it locks too um like once you put it in that kid's gone <laughs> until somebody from the fire station comes out and unlocks it with a key i hope they've got like alarm or something that says baby yeah. dropped off they baby check, dropped off they check it every morning most mornings <laughs> you have to raise the flag before you leave <laughs> that way they know by the way you know there's something in here mm-hmm. uh so yeah blanche immediately shoots down the idea that they would uh, take the poor child to the police station <laughs> It's a foul odor coming from the box. <laughs> if we're lucky, it's just a shitty diaper. <laughs> Not again. <laughs> well, at least that person doesn't have to worry about picking their baby up again. One less kid in the system. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what happens if like someone drops off a baby and then another person immediately wants to drop off their baby? Like, they have to wait for it to be emptied. Uh-huh. It's full. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to drive to the like, next one. I just love the idea of like, not love. I mean, it'd be terrible, but the idea to me is funny of like a line of people waiting to drop off their unwanted babies. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> then there's kids of varying ages. They're stuffing a 10-year-old in that box and... <laughs> <laughs> Mom, please no! I've got school today. And they're bound on. I was like, "Sorry, it's locked. It's out of my hands now." <laughs> Once the door closed, enjoy I, your new life. Yeah, like, Timmy, there's no room in the box, so I just need you to sit here, crisscross applesauce. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. You and your brothers and sisters stay right here. <laughs> right. Yeah. 
we're gonna have to invest in a bigger box. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and they've got like a little tent. You can just zip them in then. Right. Yeah. But uh, I don't even know where I'm at now. <laughs> well, I know that you we were to the point to where. Um, you know, they've made the decision they're not taking the baby yes, to yes. the police station. Yeah, Blanche shoots down the idea that they're going to bring it to the, uh, the cops. Um, and uh, she also says that, you know, she's already been abandoned once by her parents, potentially. They don't want her to feel that way again. Right. Although it is a baby. Yeah, who's I not going to know? Yeah. But. Uh, anything that way aside. No permanent memories of these three old ladies. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they shouldn't do the same thing. So anyway, uh, Rose at this point. Uh, then breaks into a story about how she was nearly abandoned uh, when she was nine at uh, the Deep Root Vegetable Carnival, mm-hmm. which I, I thought was a great name. Yeah. yeah. Parents left her beneath the Ferris wheel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you would so wait for think, that. Do you think it's saying all off all the F words have a, you know, like, it's like, go fuck yourself. Exactly. <laughs> all of them have a, a J there at the end. Oh. Exactly. But I, I did enjoy uh, in her story where she talks about the different deep root vegetable related yes. activities. Do you want to uh, list them? Uh, candy, I've only got one. So uh, she, she mentioned uh, candy turnips that she ate. Uh, sweet Delish. Pot- mm-hmm. uh, guessing how many sweet potatoes in a glass jar, mm-hmm. as well as um, bobbing for yams. Yeah, yeah. So. And <laughs> what are the difference between yams and sweet potatoes? I don't even know. But like, so what? What did Blanche <laughs> say? For what? Like about her sweet or yams. She's oh, been yeah, I got that. I've got it covered here. That's, okay, you want me to tell you? Yeah. So um, uh, Rose claims that you know she was always, uh, you know, complimented on the. Where is it at here? Uh, lost my place. Firmest, most appealing yams. Yeah, like when she was the bobbing for yams. Yeah, she, when she and then uh, Blanche was only paying like half attention to the mm-hmm. conversation. So that she was once uh, complimented for having the the most appealing, or the firmest, most appealing gams, like I, her, her legs. I wasn't sure if she said yams or just said yams. I, I thought, thought she said yams. Yeah, I thought she said yams. And I was just thinking, so is that like a euphemism for breast, I would assume? I would assume. No. And I was like, if she's got some saggy noodle tits, I don't know why <laughs> they're getting complimented. Because well, I, I know what yams look like. <laughs> 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 if that's what your hooters look like. No, I, I'm pretty sure she definitely said gams. See, so, I don't think she did. Yeah. Look it up. Look what it up. <laughs> Did you have like on closed caption when you were watching? No, but I heard a G. Uh, <laughs> my name starts with G. So. Did you copy paste this recap from a website? <laughs> You're like, look it up. <laughs> Not a typo on my end. <laughs> I'm just pretty sure, okay? You sound so sure, though, for something that you're two against one. And you're like, hey, my name starts with a G. I know what a goddamn G sounds like. Exactly. <laughs> ja. Yeah. Now you could go to hell. <laughs> See, no G. Did you realize that? Exactly. My nickname was Hard G. <laughs> I like that. It can be interpreted many ways. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you games if we could just move on from that. Go for it, yeah. Well, in all the excitement, uh, <laughs> poor Rose is lost. Right. She uh, looks around and she can't find her parents, but then says that she was, you know, guided home by the uh, the night sky. She saw a star, the Texaco star, right, which was at a Texaco station. The she idea. got her home safely. 
of like that had she actually been guided home by the North Star seems even more ridiculous to me than her <laughs> seeing the Texaco Star. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, the North Star, but that's how this nine-year-old found their way back home. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I just think you're far more likely to find your way. The Texaco Star makes a lot more sense as the yeah. um, landmark she used as yeah. opposed to looking to the sky. <laughs> um, but, but that was a humorous a little bit and at this point dorothy kind of brings girls back to task and uh, mentions that uh she's current or uh, that they need to decide what they're going to do with the baby and uh, if they are going to keep it that they need to get uh, uh more diapers and some food right uh rose uh, mentions that she's currently thawing some pork chops yeah which the <laughs> <laughs> uh, blanche tells her you know almost like why do you have to tell her this but you know babies can't have uh she only has two teeth how can she eat pork chops? Right. Yeah, Rose again, you know, kind of uh, has an anecdotal response saying that, you know, her uncle would eat corn on the cob with only one tooth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, that, you know, go ahead. If the child has two teeth, it should be substantially bigger than it currently is, right? Yeah, I would think so, too. <laughs> now, granted, there are cases where babies are born with teeth. Um, okay. it, it's rare, and there are also cases where they go, you know, even longer than normal yeah. before Without- getting them. Um, so I guess theoretically it could be a baby, but I mean, if you look by average age, that looked like yeah. a pretty small infant. Yeah. Not to mention the fact that, which I mean, we find this out later, not to step on uh-huh. that, but that's a pretty small baby given the reason why yeah. the father doesn't exactly. make it to pick her up. But, um, <laughs> exactly. We're so I, I guess, you know, spoiler alert, but I guess we can assume this baby is at least nine to 10 months old. Yeah. Um, <laughs> exactly. But, <laughs> nine months and six weeks. Right. Because <laughs> you got the. <laughs> Either that or the two, you know, again, you know, stepping on the the ending here. Um, either that or it's two different moms. <laughs> it's just the dad. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> is the there common thread. Huh. <laughs> so. That's an interesting, uh, interesting yeah. fan theory there, Al. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Emily's mom died in childbirth. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> she died of a broken heart because she found out that Emily's dad had another baby's mom on the way. Um. <laughs> Maybe she was much more on the way. Mm-hmm. It could have been like I, a, I assume she died of a broken heart. Yeah, like Padme. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or yeah. people with uh, conjunctive uh, heart failure. Is it conjunctive? I think it's congenital heart failure, isn't uh, it? You're probably right. I mean, they might have conjunctivitis, which I think is a mouth disease of some kind. Um, I don't know what conjunctivitis is. Do you know what it is? Conjunctivitis? Yeah. It's like pink eye. Oh, that's <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so she died from that. I've definitely heard of it, but I didn't know it was. a lot of poop in the eye. To <laughs> <laughs> so the thing, um, what is it? What's it? Is it knocked up where they talk about you get pink eye from yeah, like feces or whatever. And right. then like the dude uh, puts feces on his pillow and like has yeah, he's like, says he fart on the pillow or something. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. And the other guy gets pink eye um, conjunctivitis or whatever. Mm-hmm. So like I watched that movie and I was like, oh, you know, that's a funny movie. Um, and then like Monday the following week, um, I get to work and um. My then manager says, so and so is going to be out today. Um, you know, he has pink eye, and I just start to laugh. <laughs> no, because of that, but just it was just so fresh in my mind, right? Yeah, and I was like, oh, the one gay guy on the team has pink eye, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and like they all just looked at me like they don't, they're not sure what my internal monologue is, they just know I'm <laughs> laughing at the poor misfortune of this dude on our team that everybody else I have likes. a side uh story about uh. 
<laughs> inappropriate laughing. Yeah. So I guess, uh, and I just saw a video on this. I'm not sure what it was even connected to. I don't remember. But uh, it was fresh in my memory when you said that. Um, so I guess there was a, a some kind of like conference, right? Mm-hmm. Where it was like, go ahead. Were you say something? <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to. Sorry, I thought you were going to add something. That's good. But, uh, so anyway, they had a lineup. We were supposed to be a comic, right? Okay. Like a comedian of some kind. Okay. Then they were going to have a, a preacher come out, and he was okay. going to kind of give a testimony about his life, right? Okay. Maybe an inspirational speech. I don't know. But okay. they got the, uh, well, the comic was late, so they changed the lineup, okay. and they didn't tell anybody. So then the preacher comes out first, right. and the audience is just listening. Yeah. And when he talks, like they think he's like doing this deadpan comic Line, yeah. so they'll start laughing at him, okay. <laughs> and he's just like, you could look at his face like he's yeah. like confused, like, okay, well, didn't expect that. And then he'll like tell more about his life and like, his hard story, and uh-huh. like he'll have like an end of a line, and the people just laugh some more, uh-huh. and he's getting more and more confused. <laughs> but uh, I guess comedy is all in the uh, perspective, is it not? Right. Yeah. It's all in the context. Like if they said this is a you know preacher saying that you know he would tell you about his life. It probably would have been much more solemn, but uh, thinking that he was uh, coming out to make him laugh. Well, I'd like to think that the preacher was talking about some really bad hardships in his life. He was. And he as was. we all know, comedy is tragedy plus time. So right? maybe everyone in the audience thought it had well, been long enough. <laughs> so it was time to start laughing at whatever. It only showed snippets of uh, his uh, his speech, right? Yeah. Before the people were starting to laugh. Uh-huh. And it did, it did feel like it could have been like a, a deadpan like, like routine. So... Just sorry, I thought that was uh, funny as well. No, I thought it was really funny too. I thought that anecdote, you know, was tragic and took some time. <laughs> <laughs> All of mine do, which now makes a comedy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I started loving it. it had a, like when you'd started, I had a flashback, and I was like, "Oh, he's gonna wrap this up with a little Florida man." <laughs> <laughs> And oh yeah, so, we need a Florida man quote. <laughs> no, no, we, is that just for yours? It, it's every other. Okay. Um, I didn't think you had enough curiosity for it to be a weekly thing. No, I sh- I should have looked it up myself if I wanted to. Yeah, no, it's fine. I know Alan had said you were bi curious, so I assume that <laughs> meant every other week. <laughs> <laughs> He's not curious anymore. <laughs> man, this has been a rough one for me. <laughs> Yeah, it's really, we're losing all of our woke cards here, too. I mean, I feel like we've been, you know, <laughs> like, I don't know, like the... Wife, if you're listening, I still love you, and I'm not interested in expanding our relationship with men. More FYI. than... Expanding our relationship with men. Our current relationship with men is A-OK. Right. We do not need to bring a fifth into it. <laughs> I don't even know how to get out of that one. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to let it lie. I think you knew how to get into it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, some things come naturally. Exactly. <laughs> so. When you were late last week, I told you all bets were off. <laughs> <laughs> so you've been saving this up. You're like, yeah, I'm going to completely go out of character and start making a bunch of games. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think we may be losing our audience right here. <laughs> At least a portion. <laughs> you guys want to know about uh, Rose's uncle? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Poor guy had one tooth mm-hmm. trying to eat corn on the cob. Uh, much of it did not end up in his mouth, but like on top of him. And she says that, you know, 
Later on, they would, quote, cream what fell on his pants, and he'd eat it later. Now, why would they need to cream it? That's the thing I didn't understand. Couldn't they just scoop it up and put it into a bowl? (laughs) And if he has that much, why don't they just give him canned Mm -hmm. corn? Like, why put this poor man through the struggle of trying to (laughs) gnaw off? Or give him creamed corn to begin with. Yeah, exactly. Um, When we worked at, uh, well, I don't think Ski knew this particular person, but he and I both worked at the convention center downtown (laughs) together. Um, And I think this was after he had left, or maybe before he got there. I don't know. But... There was a guy there that had just a very uh, low number of teeth in his mouth. <laughs> and I remember one time him bringing a pork chop to work <laughs> to eat. And he was just gnawing on it like a wild dog. <laughs> just like everything he had to, to yeah. tear pieces off of yeah. it. And, you know, there was no silverware or anything available <laughs> yeah. there um, to, to use. So, yeah, it was um, humorous just to try to watch that from afar. Yeah, <laughs> but, um, Mitch Hedberg had a great bit about um his frustration with corn on the cob was the fact that it's called corn on the cob he thinks it should just be called corn yeah and all others should be called corn off the cob (laughs) (laughs) just because like its natural state is right yeah it's corn (laughs) yeah like you wouldn't say apple on the core (laughs) exactly exactly But I think I may try to start referring to everything on that. You know, like, oh, I'm going to have some lettuce off the head. <laughs> <laughs> also known as toss salad. Right. <laughs> Beef off the cow. Yeah. <laughs> Loin of the pork. Yeah, exactly. So. I apologize to anybody in the LGBTQA um, community. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Same here. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I always won't go any further. So if any, if the any joke if, was against ski, not against your population. Yeah, <laughs> and, um, and just to be ca- careful, I hope I offended no one. <laughs> I don't think you probably did. Uh, <laughs> I, mean, I think you were the uh, target of. You know, I could be jokes, saying but. stuff that's offensive no matter what. Oh, I know. Normally, I am offensive. Most of your most offensive things, though, are not intentional. (laughs) (laughs) I think think if they're upset with you, then they're, you know, victim shaming. And that's wrong, people. (laughs) (laughs) Who are you to criticize me? (laughs) But uh, anyway, after that uh, somewhat disgusting quote, uh, Dorothy gives one of her uh, her, uh, signature uh, stares at kind of out into space. Like, what did I just hear? Right. And uh, then you know, she suggests that uh, Rose and her hit up the 24-hour market in town. Uh, Rose heads out the door, but before leaving, Dorothy turns to Blanche and questions, creamed what fell on his pants? <laughs> kind of gives another disgusted look and then heads out. Yeah. Uh, that was my favorite line, by the way, for some reason. Creamed what fell, yeah. Mostly the way she said it. Right, was. yeah, it was fantastic. So we uh, change scenes again. At this point, we... Uh, we see the girls enter the kitchen. Rose and Dorothy returning from shopping, and Rose is touting that they could, you know, should shop there much more often. Uh, Dorothy protests that, you know, why it's so much more expensive, but Rose is just excited that, you know, you can get beef jerky and Family Circle at that time of night, which I didn't even know what Family Circle was. I think I told you that earlier. Yeah. Like uh, I didn't know it was a, but I mean, I looked it up online. And I saw. Pictures of the uh, magazine. It's a magazine for whoever doesn't know that. Is it still running? Uh, it's still I, the, it looked like brand new, uh, oh, very okay. very recent uh, pictures when I saw it online. Yeah, I know the uh, print media industry is not exactly booming, and um, with Brent switching jobs, they've lost one of their rising stars. So. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> um, 
I will say that like when I was a lad, um, I was always confused because I because I knew Family Circle was a magazine, mm. yeah. um, and I knew Family Circus was the comic strip right, that yeah. was always in the little circle. Mm-hmm. Right. And I was like, why isn't that called the Family Circle and it in the Family Circle magazine? Yeah, <laughs> Would have been appropriate, like wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I almost kind of wonder if there was some synergy going on there or <laughs> some theft, you yeah. know, of an idea. But... Exactly. It's like, who really came up with the circle? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Which family is to blame? <laughs> Who's stealing from who? Are you stealing the family or are they stealing the circle? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Who's the hero here? Was it Was it Bill Keen? Was yeah. the family circus guy? Yeah. yeah. Maybe he was a ghost writer for Family Circle. <laughs> Could be. Maybe. And he's... that's the that's the uh, crossover. Yeah. Could be. Now, I don't know if it's still or... this way. So, like, Bill Keen did it, okay? And then Billy, the little blonde-haired boy in there, Billy Keen, he took it over from his dad really? when his dad retired. I did not know and that. And I, I don't know if the son Billy Keen is still drawing it or if he's passed it off to a ghost writer or to, you know, William Third. I don't know. Hard to say. Yeah. Well, I'm sure someone knows. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we could know if we invested we 10 bothered? seconds enough. <laughs> Fair enough. The internet does know all. <laughs> I mean, I don't think Brent said like, but that's the loss of the ages. <laughs> exactly. You know, like you had to correct him. I'm sure someone knows Brent. Exactly. <laughs> have to, might have to go to page two of Google results. Right. Or as I like to call it, Maybe. the dark web. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, where are we at? So they uh, get back with the yeah. groceries. Yeah. Uh, Rose is you know, astounded that they get those things at midnight or whatever. We don't even really know what time it is, but uh, uh, Blanche comes into the uh, kitchen and asks him to kind of be quiet down because the baby is sleeping at this point. Uh, Rose muses that some of the diapers they bought have a uh, special feature when, the, uh, when they're mm-hmm. wet. The teddy bear decoration on it on the front disappears. Mm-hmm. Dorothy is not as impressed by this, saying that when her kid's diapers got dirty, Stan would disappear. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was funny. That was a good line. Well, looks like Jeff Keen is drawing the family circus now. Jeffy? Okay. Isn't yeah. that the little kid? Yeah. How about um, that? And then today's circle was um, the little red-headed girl um, talking on a phone that appears to be from the late 80s. Um, and she says, hi, Grandma. I just called to make sure you were staying out of trouble. Hmm. I thought it'd be. <laughs> I would have really enjoyed it better. It was like, hi, Grandma. I just called to make sure you're still alive. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they don't want to know what the landline exactly. besides us. <laughs> Call and check on your clam juice. <laughs> right. Yeah. Delicious <laughs> breakfast. Right. Yeah. So, like, Jeff has the blonde hair. The other two have red hair. The dad has brown hair, and the mom's a brunette has black hair. So I'm not sure what's going on here. Well, we don't know who the grandparents are. Some of them could have a recession, a recessive gene, and yeah. you know they came through, and their kids unusual colored yeah. hair. Or there could be some, uh, you know, extra people on the outside of that circle contributing yeah. <laughs> to the gene pool. So very nice. Ooh, what's going on here? You find something interesting? Yeah, just the mom's looking pretty hot. <laughs> hey guys, yeah, check out the Wednesday, September 30th, 2020 edition. A family circle? Yeah. <laughs> Mom's looking pretty good. Fair enough. So, look, look at that. <laughs> I'm not wrong, am I? I mean. This family circle? It, it does oh, oh, yeah. She's wearing a kind of like uh, showing off her belly and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it definitely seems a little um, kind of more risque than you would anticipate yeah. family circle to be. So. Yeah. Family circus. Or family um, circus. Sorry. I mean, you saw the clowns. Yeah. <laughs> 
But uh, back to the story. Uh, the girls all uh, start discussing changing diapers because, you know, right. the special diaper uh, feature. Uh, including the uh, the apparent need to point little boys, quote, oohoos downward to prevent, you know, the male wet t- t-shirt contest. Right. Uh, Rose character- characteristically does not know what they mean and asks what an oohoo is. Uh, Dorothy tells her that it's a chocolate soft drink. And uh, they all agree that uh, their combined experience, if they had to, they could do a pretty good, jo- pretty good job raising the baby. It feels like a very similar conversation that we've had a time or two on this <laughs> series. But. Well, that's the thing. It's like, what was it, David? Like, we're too old to be raising a self-sufficient teenage boy. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, who will only be here for two more years. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, if you go back just a little bit, and this may ruin a little bit of the, the next paragraph, too. But uh, Blanche talks about how she didn't want to get involved with the rich guy because right. he had you know young mm-hmm. children because yeah. she didn't want to be a mom anymore. And then here mm-hmm. she's like, doesn't sound like she's one in the first place. Yeah, now she's like jumping right in the in the thing that oh, I want to be a good mom. Well, then she ends up liking those kids, um, but feeling like that they need a dad. Yeah, exactly. So that's why she backed out was because she wanted to make him yeah, or that's force true. him. Mm-hmm. Which you know, I mean, dude's rich. He could have. You know, how to nanny <laughs> doesn't mean that her well, yeah, her backing out doesn't mean those kids get him as a better dad. <laughs> um. Yeah, but I think, I don't know. It's one of those things that the whole thing was odd, mm-hmm. okay? But what was left unsaid was just how much he looks like Big Daddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that should have been the reason they broke up. <laughs> yeah, well, fair enough. Um, that would have been but. great if he's the same actor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she did seem to have some odd... Uh, kind of relationship with big daddy anyway she did you know with her sweet 16 dress but mm-hmm. exactly but yeah we should probably get back though to <laughs> to the <laughs> current episode um so now blanche you know said jumps back in and says you know uh, suggests that they call child protective services and uh, volunteer to raise Emily themselves right uh dorothy clarifies though that she was only saying that all hypothetically uh blanche then opens up about uh, how when she uh, was younger, she missed out on a lot of tender moments with her kids uh, because she did have a nanny. Right. And admits that uh, she's still a little bit haunted by the fact that, uh, uh, you know, feelings that she didn't, uh, or the kids feel, maybe that she wasn't there for them like right. she should have been. And uh, she doesn't want Miss Emily to experience the same kind of uh, stuff in her life. Right. Which she seems like she became very attached to this Emily in a very short period of time. Yeah. Which I think may correlate more to her feelings with her own kids right yeah yeah she definitely seems to have a lot of regret um you know following her around for her porch parenting um but and currently you know poor relationship with her children her adult children so. agreed agreed and so we uh, we changed the scene uh one more time and we see blanche is now napping on the couch and the baby starts to cry i mean real quick just like i get it okay it's one of those things that yeah she wasn't the most attentive mother you know and it's one of those things that you know what happens what happens okay but like the kids got to a certain age where they're like okay well we're on our own and everything it's unfair for her to want to have a relationship both because of the past and because the only real interest that she currently has is host stuff and that's something even if her her and the kids were tight they wouldn't want to discuss with her right yeah 
Yeah, it seems pretty unlikely. They're you don't gonna know be that. Like, uh, tell me about your most recent conquest, yeah. Mom. <laughs> How's the Colonel? Yeah. <laughs> you make it back to the base on time? Yeah. <laughs> Imagine not slumming it with those uh, enlisted, enlisted men. men. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Spend time with that officer's tent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, and it's funny because when she made that comment earlier about that she only dates officers, I was thinking... Well, yeah, because an enlisted man is more than likely going to be like half your age or less. So, you know, I mean, I'm not exactly if if he's an enlisted man your age, he's peeling potatoes in right. <laughs> for a reason. Yeah, <laughs> fucking Gomer pile. Shazam! But go ahead, sorry. <laughs> oh, there is one line that you skipped over, and I think it's one of the most. Is it's a line I've definitely heard used in reference to the Golden Girls. Mm-hmm. One of the most, I think, famous lines from the show. Oh, tell. is uh, is it the one where they thank each other for being a friend? No, that's not the one. Or for <laughs> traveling down the road and back again. Gotcha. But um, does that have to do with the party they throw? No, uh, or their hearts being true, um, <laughs> or the biggest gift they see. Uh, that's it. <laughs> um, but uh, no, when they're talking about their experience and whatnot, being older and, and doing mm-hmm. good. And uh, Rose says uh, that she was always told that the older you get, the better you get, unless you're a banana. Mm. And I believe that's a line that I've seen. Kind of comes up a, a few times. Yeah, I feel like I've seen it on Golden Girls merchandise and whatnot. I, I don't know that it comes up more in the series, but I feel yeah. like that particular line is you know particularly... Uh, Semi famous. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. So. Find that embroidered on a pillow. Right. Yeah, like I don't think that obviously it doesn't rise to the level of like picture it or, mm-hmm. you yeah, know, yeah. things that are. But as far as like applicable advice. Yeah, yeah. And things that have been in one episode but endured to some extent. Yeah, you know. like Coco. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and he endures still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we mention them at least once every episode. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say the Coco His probably gets like a, yeah, probably gets mentioned like one point two times an episode. I'd say exactly. like every fifth episode we get a second mention of Coco in. <laughs> exactly, he's mentioned more than conjoined twins. <laughs> right, <laughs> but we can change that. <laughs> <So>. Exactly, <laughs> we're gonna make conjoined twins like the you know yeah. honorary fourth <laughs> member yeah. and fifth member <laughs> of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> fourth and fourth and a half. Right. <laughs> so. Wait, but, would they be the fifth? Like, because there are four goldens. Yeah. Well, I said the the. I was talking about our cast of this podcast. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> so, anyways, so yeah. So at this point, uh, Blanche is continuing yeah. to bond with. The yeah, baby. she she's on the couch uh, sleeping. Baby starts crying. She gets up and picks up the baby. And starts just kind of talking to her, uh, calm her down and stuff. Right. She begins to tell her about you know her own kids and how sad she was when they uh, ultimately did grow up and move away. Uh, Emily then calms down again, and Blanche kind of lays her back on the uh, stroller. Uh, we finally see the baby's face for just a short time. Right. Uh, she continues to talk about you know feelings that she didn't spend enough time with her own kids. At this point, uh, Rose and Dorothy wake up and enter the living room. Just as Blanche is kind of taking the baby into the kitchen to get her some food, uh, Dorothy says it's uh, much nicer waking up to a baby than the garbage man. But uh, then uh, Blanche again does the host stuff, <laughs> talks about how you know she's never slept with a garbage man, so she doesn't know mm-hmm. about you know waking up from one. Yeah. yeah. Sophia wakes up then and enters the kitchen, asking why so many years of motherhood combined can't keep the baby quiet. Uh, 
She tells him that uh, her ears hurt, and this confuses Dorothy as she would uh, suspect that maybe her legs or something would be tired from right. the walkathon. But Sophia tells her that you know she'd be up on the phone all night talking to all her well wishers. Yeah, I think she even says hundreds. Yeah, of well wishers, which is I can see that being uh, an issue. Right. Uh, the doorbell then t- then rings and uh, they head over to answer it. It turns out it's Emily's father, mm-hmm. Doctor Wallerstein. <laughs> Dr. Wallerstein? Yeah. From uh, last episode? No, no, I don't believe it was Dr. Wallerstein. This is his only episode. Um, Are we sure? I'm, I thought. I could be wrong. But I thought he only had one episode of Golden Girls. You can keep going, Ski. Oh. Anyway, it's it's Emily's dad. And, I mean, uh, Norman was his name in the episode. Norman uh, was the little boy. Oh, that's right. Um, Bob... No, the, that was the... Emily's the builder? father was Nat Bernstein. Nat Bernstein, yeah. Okay. Um, <clears throat> who was primarily a writer in his career, um, it looks like. And then Nat Bernstein, um, as far as as far as far acting goes. Yeah, he played Dr. Wallerstein in the last oh, episode. very nice. Oh, so maybe that's where they knew him from, because they never <laughs> do mention his last name in the episode. So. Exactly. I'm just glad they didn't call him a Jew again uh. this time. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, Dorothy tears into him, asking, you know, how could you just leave the baby and uh, not even call? Uh, he quickly says, though, that, you know, he did call. And he spoke to a woman who uh, claimed that she had just won the Ironman Triathlon. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> Sophia looks around with a guilty but somewhat confused face. Uh, we then learned that uh, she had, uh, sorry, that he had spoken to her, but he had uh, just told her that uh, he and his wife just had triplets. So they were in the hospital, obviously. Right. Sophia misunderstood this and uh, was thinking that the man uh, who had called was talking about his wife drinking gimlets, yeah. which I'd never heard of, but it is a cocktail with lime juice and uh, gin or vodka, <laughs> most commonly gin. Yeah, okay. Have you ever had a gimlet, Brent? I have not. Mm. It's a shame. And you're quite the lush. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're more of a beer man than any kind of a cocktail man. Yeah. So. <clears throat> Although I have considered buying a bottle of um, bourbon. Oh, really? Yeah. I can imagine you with a snifter of brandy. I've always wanted to drink scotch. Oh, okay. I always thought that would be nice. Yeah, it seems like a classy drink. Yeah, exactly. So, so. There's a guy I used to work with. Uh, he would come in every morning smelling of scotch. Mm-hmm. And he wore, well, you could smell the scotch on his breath. Yeah. But he wore so much cologne mm-hmm. trying to mask that. Yeah. That, uh, you know, it was an odd perfume smell. <laughs> like it, was, it was a weird combo yeah. there. But, like, his face was always, like, beet red. <laughs> yeah. And his uh, ruddy nose and all that. Oh, man. He was he was a really bad alcoholic, it yeah. turns out. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I ended up leaving there. Well, I think he ended up leaving before I did. But, uh, um, yeah, I always wonder whatever happened to that guy. Cause mm-hmm. Now, did he get fired for an alcohol-related incident no, or leave on his own? But it was always, like, something that we suspected would, uh, was a high possibility. Well, then couldn't we argue that he was a really good alcoholic? Because he was able to, you know, maintain <laughs> yeah. He was high-functioning, I'll give him that, but yeah. I'm saying he definitely, it was well-known that he drank right. very fr- frequently. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things that, like, you know, if I was, a, you know, a manager or whatever, I would prefer, like, a functioning alcoholic than an incompetent teetotaler. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, one, the, the worst thing about this guy was that uh, he was a... Uh, chronic uh knob turner you heard of that before where like uh so if there's settings like yeah lucd no no like uh he thinks he knows better about the process than anyone else okay. uh, like we did manufacturing stuff gotcha. so 
So he'd come in, and if he, if all the uh, settings weren't where he thought they should be, <laughs> even if they'd been adjusted during the night yeah. or, or daytime, whenever, he was like, oh, no, no, this isn't where it's supposed to run. And he'd yeah. just go to work turning stuff, and then yeah. we'd come in the next day, and it would be all jacked up, and uh-huh. we'd have to fix it again. So, I don't know. When you say he's a chronic knob turner, it sounds like, you know, his issue was like he has to turn the knobs. He didn't have to. He chose to because he felt it was incorrect. Yeah. You know. Well, you know, that's just the term I chose. Why not? <laughs> I know you almost got fired from your job for being a chronic knob puller, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, you couldn't even hardly concentrate because of your multiple trips to to have a private moment. Exactly. <laughs> can't, can't tell you how many companies he's bankrupt with all his settlements. <laughs> I learned about a $4 million one the other day. <laughs> well, I was I was saying that Ski was pulling his own knob, not, uh, uh, <laughs> not exactly. anyone else's. So. Gotcha. so anybody in the community, again, that may have been offended earlier, this was not that joke. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Revisiting past apologies. Is yeah, that, exactly. Is that where our episode mm-hmm. has gone? Well, I'm just trying to not dig a hole even deeper for myself. For God's sakes. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm a keep digging kind of guy. Yeah. <laughs> I like to think that at the start of every episode, dig your way back the out, right? Clean, yeah. You know. So if I decide, it's like, oh, this episode's a lost cause. I'm just gonna keep digging. <laughs> well, I know that you've always had a thing for the Asian women, so perhaps you're just trying to make your way through all the way to the other side of the world. <laughs> I've gotten past the mantle, past the core, and <laughs> work my way up to the next. Thing. Well, I like to think that once all the uh, the bonds of like uh, um, political correctness are you know thrown away, mm-hmm. that's when the funny begins. Uh, you know, I think it depends on who's the listener. <laughs> so, you know, but anyways, anyway, uh, but in yeah. the home stretch, yeah, <laughs> gimlets, folks. Uh, <laughs> Try them if you got them. Uh, Dorothy asks, you know, what the triplets are. Yeah. You know, he had babies. And Rose then answers that, you know, oh, that's when three babies are born at once. Yeah, yeah I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, Dorothy shoots another disbelieving stare at Rose. Uh, the father then thanks all of them several times and uh, wheels the uh, baby out the door. I like that he gave no one any real, like, uh, Here's 20 like bucks ID. For your yeah. <laughs> Well, then there's basically the uh, the explanation that okay, I'm going by. Thanks. Yeah, I assume that those he must have been the one that dropped the babies off. I mean, the mom. Well, they would didn't have been, seem to recognize him. And no, not really. But then again, they would have had a dozen parents dropping yeah. kids off that mm-hmm. assumably they wouldn't have known. Now they should have recognized this guy as being the doctor that had helped Rose. Just yeah. you would think so. You know. Just recently, yeah. yeah. But uh, so he's gone and. Uh, the girls then can tell that Blanche is kind of saddened by the father mm-hmm. having actually shown up. Right. Which should be the opposite reaction, really. Uh, telling her that uh, Emily was not her last chance to be a good mom and that her own kids still need her, even if they are grown. Uh, she kind of says, you know, gives him a, a sad look and says she's not convinced and sadly leaves into the well, kitchen. I, I think Dorothy's exhibit A that, you know, no matter how old you are, you still need your mom. Right. You know? Right. So. So, yeah, and, that, and then Sophia actually immediately pipes in and agrees with ads that, you know, sometimes even a mother needs her children more, you know. And then Dorothy is touched by this until Sophia promptly asks for $20, <laughs> uh, but uh, which she immediately uh, declines to give her. Uh, she then goes over to Rose 
and uh, tricks her into giving her the money, saying that she will be making a run for the uh, next Olympic Games. As uh, and then she as she heads back to her room, she uh, tells Dorothy that if Gladys calls, she'll be able to make bingo tonight. <laughs> yeah, definitely one of my favorite lines of the episode was when she you know had told Rose you know she was getting trying to get that money that if you contribute now I'll make sure you get a Sophia's uh, lapel pen right which I thought you know on the <clears throat> incredibly unlikely chance that we ever bother to try to do a Patreon or something yeah that would definitely be like the $10 tier or whatever yeah. that you'd get uh, <laughs> Sophia's choice lapel pen <laughs> there you go would it be the icon from like the little podcast yeah I'd thing. say so because that one you know is our you know intellectual property so <laughs> but or skis but we'll, we're yeah. co-opting it yeah. it'd, be, it'd be easy to make too because it's you know, good shape. Yeah, an easy shape, and uh, you know, only two colors, right? So, uh, so well, yeah, it's kind of two tone, but more or less. But um, yeah, so then uh, we then join Blanche actually in the kitchen, and <laughs> she's calling her daughter Janet. Her daughter, uh, you know, because she's calling, naturally assumes that something is wrong. But Blanche tells her, "No, no, everything's fine." <laughs> uh, she then explains that she'd really love to come see her sometime, and potentially soon. Uh, from uh, just listening to Blanche's side of the conversation, it's clear that Janet really isn't interested in having her mom come visit. Mm-hmm. But uh, Blanche is kind of persistent. And you can see uh, Blanche's expression is very serious, almost on the verge of crying, I thought. Yeah. you guys agree at all? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and she tells her daughter that she's been thinking a lot about her lately. <laughs> and eventually they agree that she can uh, come up uh, the next weekend, which is pretty yeah. fast. Right. And, uh, go ahead. So she was like... <laughs> I think it went, it's like, oh, can I come up next weekend? Like, oh, you're busy. Well, how about the following weekend? Oh, you're busy. And then she's like, I'd really like to see her or whatever. And then I guess Janet off is like, well, how about this weekend? Yeah. You know? And for one brief moment, I thought Blanche was going to be like, I can't this weekend. I got a date. (laughs) 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 I was like. That would take it on a different turn, yeah. (laughs) Sentimental to like, wah, wah. Exactly. I got host stuff this weekend. I can't. (laughs) The colonel's back in town. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Got some astronauts freshly back from the moon. (laughs) Right. But yeah, Blanche kind of closes with an I love you, baby. And then says bye bye and uh, hangs up the phone and that's when we close. Yeah. So, see, I thought that was uh, overall uh, definitely a solid episode that I enjoyed. Um, I think we touched on most of the uh, guest actors already, but I, I will say uh, Norman was played by Christopher Butler, uh, who was in twenty two titles. Uh, one of those in particular uh, was one of my favorite B horror movies, Ghoulies Two. Um, I never he, saw it. Yeah, he played in that. I was really hoping he was the kid that said, "Dude, my tunes." in that movie um (laughs) but he was not he was one of the younger kids in it um but yeah he was in there and then uh, a little piece of so lisa the one you that you had spoke Mm -hmm. of that was in jurassic park one and two that we think Mm -hmm. is someone we just basically saw from the back yeah um her name is uh, ariana richards Mm -hmm. and uh, she has 51 credits her name you know decent uh, career but her birthday like her actual birthday is only one day like she was born one day after my wife so So she was born on 9-11 um, yeah. in 79, and Sherry was born a day earlier. So, mm-hmm. um, little Oh, so they're literally one day apart. Yeah, yeah literally. Like not, not just date-wise, but like literally one day difference in age. Um, Wait, how old is Sherry? 41. How old are you? 41. So but so but I'm like eight months older. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so you're, I mean, you're the same age as the Jurassic Park girl then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Interesting. So now when you watch Jurassic Park, you're going to be thinking that 
about how I was the same age as her. Yeah, yeah. Because I guess that, cause that came out in, what, 92 or yeah, whatever? about right, yeah. Okay, so you were... I would have been, like, 13. Yeah, so I would have been 15. So, yeah, I guess I can see how I thought that was a little kid. Like a 15-year-old yeah, would, yeah. would think a 13-year-old was young. And she looked young, so Right, yeah, I don't, like she was they weren't 12. trying to play her up or anything yeah, in that yeah. role, so... so. Um, now, I did, there was one little, a teeny little line on there that I wondered if you would mention. Um, someone was talking to, telling Dorothy she needed to try to talk softly to the baby or mm-hmm. something of that nature, yeah. and she said that she was doing her um, Ben Gazzara impersonation, yeah. which I did not know the name, uh-huh. um, but Ben Gazzara, in case you don't know, Ski. I have no idea. Many uh, credits to his name. Roadhouse. Yeah, but uh, well, uh, the one that stuck out to me for Brent was that uh, he was in The Big Lebowski yeah. as uh, the uh, big Jackie time, Treehorn. yeah, big time <laughs> porn producer, <laughs> Jackie Treehorn. Yeah. And Big Lebowski happens to be near the top of Brent's list as far it as movies go. It is a great movie. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the one I, I generally tell always, people's my all-time favorite. I think I've only seen it once, though. Oh, it's so amazingly it is good. good. Yeah. See, I've only seen it once also, mm-hmm. and it was after it was heavily built up by Brent, <laughs> so it was a disappointment to me. Like, I felt <laughs> underwhelmed by it, <laughs> but I really want to see it a second time. We'll maybe watch it together more than that. Time. Just because I felt the same way, like, when I saw Napoleon Dynamite, the first time I saw it, I was like, well... What's all the fuss about? Like, that was just kind of I thought Napoleon Dynamite was ridiculously stupid the first time I saw it. (laughs) Then I saw it again and thought it was ridiculously hilarious. Yeah, yeah. So Mm -hmm. I imagine Big Lebowski would probably have a similar trajectory Mm -hmm. for me. But So anyway, so Ski, uh, I'll go ahead. I was going to say, like, Big Lebowski is one I'll watch every six months or so, and it's just as funny each time. Um, I just It's long, too, isn't it? Like two and a half hours or something? Oh, no. I'd say it's probably just a smidge shy of two hours. Okay. I was way off. Um, no, it's amazingly good. There was something. So, I lo- yeah, I loved him as Jackie Treehorn. And then also just um, I always think of him more from Roadhouse. Oh, okay. Because um, he was just so amazingly crazy in that one. <laughs> so, like, he's battling Patrick Swayze, you know, who's a good 20 years younger than him right. or whatever. <laughs> and I, I still don't understand the line. Um, but he's, like, trying to threaten him. And he's like, I used to fuck guys like you in prison, which is just <laughs> <laughs> the oddest threat to give yeah. to somebody. Um, okay. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Is he trying to pick me up? I yeah. don't know. Well, thank you. I'm, it's nice of you to consider me to be attractive. Exactly. <laughs> so, I didn't so. do it because I liked him. Exactly. So yeah. um, if you ever... If you ever watch Roadhouse, I've like, seen it, but it's been a long time. Gotcha. Um, definitely like, pick up like a physical... DVD or Blu-ray or whatever, okay. and then watch it, and then rewatch it with the uh, Kevin Smith Scott Moser commentary track. Oh, okay, very nice because it's really good. I'll definitely have to check it out. Um, so, uh, Ski, who would be uh, your MVP for this episode? Um, even though she was a little bit weird, wishy-washy on her uh, child stance, I went with Blanche. Mm. I thought that she had the most interesting character arc, and then you know, did open up a little bit about her regrets from her past and stuff. Right. But Norman very nearly won. No, yeah, I didn't. I meant to come back around. Like, what was the point of Norman? Um, he was, it seemed like... Just a child to focus on is my guess. Well, yeah, I mean, my only guess they're like, well, we have this other story that's really the main story, mm-hmm. but we can't just have a baby that doesn't talk. We need some mm-hmm. other interaction. So yeah. we're going to have this prick Norman in here mm-hmm. for, yeah. you know, a third of the episode. And maybe maybe to disappear. lend credence to... Uh, why watching other people's kids is bad? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. Uh, it, doesn't see, it seems like having that interaction with Norman would have made Blanche even less uh, likely to want to right. you yeah. know, uh, take on child raising again. But yeah. so Brent, who was your MVP? I don't know. I mean, I definitely think that 
Norman's delivery of um, you know, you want to play with a potato edge or what do you want to do? That <laughs> you know, was probably my favorite. Um, I just have a hard time giving it to him. So my MVP will go to Sophia. You know, she ran the race. She finished. Good for her. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I mean, I, I really liked a lot of what Sophia did in this episode, and I think purely on the comedy aspect of it, I think she wins because there wasn't really a lot great um, from the others. But I felt like I ended up uh, deciding to go with Blanche on this one also mm-hmm. just because mm-hmm. I think she had a decent amount of comedy. Mm-hmm. The drama was good, like, you know, well acted. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, see, so yeah, I ended up settling on Blanche. Um, yeah. So how many slices of cheesecake does this one get for you, Ski? I gave it six. Six? I, I, the reason why Solid is I score. thought, even though there were a ton of scene changes in this one, I thought it was uh, able to stay the course pretty well cohesively, like, with one story. Because mm-hmm. even the B story was still part of the A story, I thought. Yeah, I really like the fact that the two sides were very integrated. Like, it wasn't like this random thing going on mm-hmm. in the background. It was yeah, like yeah. A, a thing that... You had a and, very and it had like an reasoning. end to it. Yeah. A lot of times lately we've seen where the B story or, or whatever other mm-hmm. you know story they're trying to put into in the situation, mm-hmm. it just kind of trails off or never seen again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This one we actually saw where it kind of converged back into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that definitely was solid. And how mm-hmm. about you, Brent? How many slices for you? I don't know, two and a half. You didn't like the episode? It was fine. It was just nothing really memorable. I mean, I just had to. I had to struggle to figure out who my MVP was, and even my favorite line wasn't that great of a line. Yeah. It was more of just that little kid's delivery. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I gave it a five and a half. Um, I would say kind of along the lines. Yeah, I guess I just really liked the, you know, the way they interwove the two stories, mm-hmm. and like I, said, I thought that uh, Sophia comedy wise definitely stood out, and Blanche overall did a, a really nice job. So. Yeah. But, you know, I would definitely still not put it in. Like if I was trying to think of the episodes at the end that should be mm-hmm. competing for Sophia's Choice, yeah. it, it wouldn't wouldn't hold a candle to some of the others. So. Gotcha. It could be the 80 and over category. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's not getting, uh, you know, pushed off by the uh, cow. What will we call it again, Nam? Just cow pusher. It? Yeah, it's just push. a cow pusher. <laughs> no, cow catcher. Cow catcher. Yeah. Cow catcher. Yeah. yeah. So it you said be... cow pusher pusher first. No? I did. Yeah. I was wrong again. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I'm, I'm not trying to rehash. <laughs> <laughs> so, trying to assert dominance at the end. <laughs> <laughs> right. But why try now? Come on now. How did... You've been dominated this whole episode. <laughs> it's, it's pretty late. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, guys. Just. Just back <laughs> off now, or, or else. <laughs> so, I think with that, I stay golden, Coco. Hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at Sophia's Choice Podcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at Sophia's Choice PC. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden.